All right, everybody. Welcome to episode number three of Sit Down Sessions. Um, we're here with my man, Pinstripe Cousin. What up, no? Um, so yeah, man, how's it, how's it been? How you been feeling? It's been good. It's been a very interesting year, man. Uh, 2020 has been the year of unprecedented events on both ends of the spectrum. So uh, oh, yeah. more or less, I'm here, you know, yeah, blessed. I feel that. I can, I can get with that. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll I'll kind of start it off the way I started with uh, Complete. Um, how'd you kind of get started into producing? Like, what's your kind of backstory with it? Let's, let's get right into it, man. Let's just, no, no BS. Yeah, <laughs> like it. the business. Um, it's an interesting story for real. Uh, I've always had an, like, an ear for music. I always liked music, but I never had an interest in doing anything in, in involving music, actually. Honestly, when I was a kid, I was a gamer, heavy. Mm. Uh, one of the things that kept me out the streets younger was my brothers. Like they had a Sega Genesis. They had whatever system was was in at that time. So it was a Super Nintendo. Then my mom got me a Sega Genesis for Christmas. And that just pretty much kept me preoccupied. And, you know, one thing led to another. I fell in love with the games and, mm-hmm. you know, just consumerism. Just every yeah. every generation, a new system came out. We was on it. Like my brothers was the first one to get it. And I wanted to get it because I go upstairs and play it. And it's like the best thing ever. So anyway, fast forward, um, over time, I found myself when I would play games, I would listen to certain music mm. uh, and it was this weird relationship between the two because even though it wasn't part of the soundtrack, when I think of certain games, even still to this day, it still reminds me of certain artists. Like funny enough, if I play Tomb Raider, I think of Mary J. Blige because I remember listening to Mary, like that particular mm. album when I was playing Tomb Raider, like I would play Tomb Raider a lot. Yeah, and yeah. subsequently, that was the CD that was kind of like played around in the house the most. So every time it's just like the back that was the, that became the background music for it. So, mm-hmm. so. anyway, uh, I just grew a liking to music and appreciation for music because of that that uh, combination of those two hobbies. I didn't realize at the time that you know I still didn't think of it as anything serious. It was just like, oh yeah, I like this song. I like that song. Like who doesn't like songs, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And then as I got a little bit older and played more games and kind of got out of the that that phase where I was listening to stuff on the radio or on a CD player, I was just listening to the music from the games. And then that's how I got interest, introduced to compositions, like your composers, like Nobuo Uematsu. And um, it's it's a ton of them. Like, I can really mm-hmm. go down the list. Like, Nintendo, Sega Genesis, like, all, everybody that has the classic, memorable melodies and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I'm getting off on a tangent. So how I got into the music, just the music part. Mm. We'll say go back to about when I was about 19. So that's like 2007, 2008. I will go. I had a one I had one friend I met in high school and uh, I started working at this pizza shop and we couldn't hang out as much because I was working at that second shift. Uh, and, you know, after school, that's pretty much all of your high school hours you know what i'm saying oh, yeah. so i didn't really have time to kick it so what i would end up doing i had a little car at the time i'd drive over his grandma's house and we would make beats well i would go over there and just kick with him initially we were just kicking it just messing around just bsing whatever doing a little you know teenager stuff but one day i pulled up over there he was messing around with fl studio and i'm like i'm like where'd you get this from he was like man i don't know i just, I just you know got a cracked not a crack version. He just had the free version. He had downloaded yeah, the free yeah. version. He was messing around with it and he was making the beats. I'm like, man, you don't know what you're doing, man. Give me that. So we started <laughs> messing around with it initially just off of just, like I said, that that banter between our brotherhood. Uh, one thing led to another. 
and our beats was horrible, but we were still just, you know, occupying time just through that time, just being kids and keeping ourselves occupied, just doing whatever. Eventually, yeah, I think, we developed. I think everybody goes through that period. Like everybody that starts producing, they go through that period at the beginning where it just it's just trash. It's just you got to wade through that shit to figure out what the fuck works. Absolutely, bro. Like I, I like before that, I have no musical background. Like I know eventually you're gonna run across guests that might have had parents that was in the music or whoever, mm-hmm. or just even you know sound designers or whatever the case may be. Like I had no background in that whatsoever. I have no musical ear, you know. The, the only music background that I did have, I do remember um, when I was growing up in elementary school, we had a music teacher. That was the only music teacher I've ever had, Miss Miss mm-hmm. Caldwell. Shout out to Miss Caldwell. Like, she was the one that laid the basis down for a lot of things I still remember to this day when it comes to like rhythms and, and just certain little songs I could still remember that I've never heard since elementary school, but I still can mm-hmm. like quote them by heart. And that just goes to show like little plants and like little seeds that the universe has just basically giving me as I got older and how it just comes full circle. But um yeah, we, we was we was in there, you know, just cooking stuff up and then we was just like, man, we should make a CD. And we, <laughs> we was dead serious on making this CD. As as trash as our beats were, we was just dead set on making these CDs. Uh and we was just gonna call them Fruity Loose Volume One, Two, Three, Four. So he'll be making the beats. He'll be making more beats than I would because I would only come around after work. And, you know, he was at the house. It was his mom's, his grandma's house. So, you know, he had the the leg up on me. I was, he would, I would come over and he'd be like, oh yeah, I found out that you can actually do stuff outside of pattern mode. Like when we found out like the playlist mode, our minds was blown. Like think about how simple that is. But at yeah. that time, because we didn't have access to the YouTube tutorials about how to, you know, navigate through any of that. So everything was pretty much, self-taught at that point so when we found out about the playlist mode we was like man we about to cut it up so you could make more than one pattern it ain't got to just be one loop what you kidding me you know and we ain't about to get into the stock sounds but we we definitely were conditions from we were conditioned through just uh making the best out of the worst stuff because fl studio never had at that point in time like 08 or whatever they didn't have a reputation for having you know, high quality stock sounds like now they do like they got some good stock sounds and even the VSTs have, have caught a break like because they had good VSTs. But for people that didn't have a background in sound design, you don't know what you're doing. So you just think like you just resets. You just, you're just kind of twisting that. knobs and fucking with shit, seeing what comes yeah. out. Yeah. So we was doing that. We ain't know the, nothing about sample rate. We ain't know nothing about nothing. KG, like nothing. So you got to imagine like how daunting of a task that is and sometimes it's discouraging like that that was kind of like our our trial by fire like to to see if we was really cut out for this and we just we kept doing it we stayed dedicated we kept making music and um over time a couple years go by you know uh I wasn't hanging out over there as much as grandma had passed away so they had a whole nother house and everything was different so at that time I'm like man like how can I make how can I make beats and stuff now Hmm. and then around that time I had just enrolled into college so I had I got a a Pell grant federal grant from the from the from the government and I used a little bit of that money to get my own version of FL Studio so I bought it so I had no I, I didn't get FL Studio yet I had got a computer that's what I had I didn't even have a computer so I started off I got a computer I'm like yo one day I was sitting there I'm like I should get FL Studio on mine like get it for free and mind you at that time on free you can't save or nothing so that was double the daunted task we would literally spend hours in one <laughs> sitting like we don't know nothing about mixing or whatever we did the best we could and just you whatever was done at the end of the day when you was tired you got to export that and that's what it is <laughs> you know so it was it was 
a very interesting humbling beginning you know looking back at it but yeah i grabbed that version and i was making stuff and i was like you know what i got some money still left from the pilgrim i need to get me a legit version i didn't end up getting one my homie i met later on down the line actually he's part of the side chain now shout out to virix uh virix good friend of mine that's my bro uh he let me get he shared his key, his FL key with me initially. So I started making beats with that. And then I had access to a couple of his VSTs and he put me on to some techniques and stuff. Cause at that time we weren't using loops at all. Like the only loops we had was like them default FL stock ones and those were not good enough for us to even use. So we weren't even using any loops. Like the drum loops were trash. Oh yeah. Like we didn't know anything about sampling. We didn't know how to sample. We didn't understand what Edison was none of that so everything for real was based on what when you open that up what was there we didn't download drum kits we didn't drown like no extended nothing just raw. Everything was just really raw everything. yeah everything was just raw fl studio so if any of y'all are familiar with like fl studio nine eight or seven you know what that struggle is like it, it was <laughs> it was definitely a, a you know it was a it was just a challenge it was a thing to to witness at that time so yeah, no, for real. I remember I started out with FL Studio. It was like it was right after, um, oh man, when was it? Probably like 2011 ish or so, 2012. Mm-hmm. And it was like just when it was kind of good. <laughs> like it kind of resembled like the as much as it did nowadays it, when it yeah. took on kind of its more matured form. Yeah. And even still then, like the stock sounds were rough. I mean, they weren't they weren't around hip hop at all. They were more like EDM stuff based kind yeah. of sound. You know, yeah. even any of the synths and any of the VSTs and any of that, you know, it was all kind of leaning towards more of the EDM world of things. Mm-hmm. Everything was electronic on that joint, man. Like even mm-hmm. if they had a hip hop kit, like they try to make a kit for every genre, but you could tell with the hip hop kit, they didn't really study the genre enough to accurately um convey what that sound actually sounded like because those drum kits it was literally like one hat we used we used to pitch it all the way down and it <laughs> sounded like we used to have this joke we used to like we used to put them like you got them sweeps in every beat y'all like because it, it sounded like a broom we used to say because it's like a sweeping sound like shh shh and i was like oh that's kind of cold because it was like a it was as a hat it was trash but you pushed it down it had this funky little like sweet hat i could still do that now actually i should make some beats and and like for a tongue-in-cheek joke with the homie man just make a beat with a couple of them sweeps in there (laughs) we had to because that was the only thing we had that that really could either be a shaker or a hat yeah so we combined it i guess you can call it a shat uh, <laughs> <laughs> we had a shat. That bad boy was cold though. Like, if y'all, if anybody y'all got FL Studio, man, I think it's the 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 stock hip hop kit, and it's like I think it might be Hat One. Like, get Hat One and turn a pitch on that joint all the way down, and use that like as a hat. It's cold, like especially if you're making like around that time, like late two thousands beats like the snap music and and kind of like the bounce that they had in hip-hop at that time it fit mm-hmm. just perfectly because you think about like huey and and like the the pop hip-hop records at that yeah. time like yeah the right one trap was starting to really kind of catch its steam just yeah it was right in the, it was super infancy stage yeah so yes. it was definitely catching that catching wind and it was like really cool and we were super inspired by kanye west so we was like pitching everything mm-hmm. down because at that time uh, that was when he was transitioning from graduation to 808s and Heartbreak. So that was definitely like 08, 09-ish. And yeah. everything to us, from our ears at that time, it sounded like he just pitched down the drums a lot. Like the, the snares was really boomy 
and like had a lot of body to it. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. as like tight. It's in heartbreak really just changed like the soundscape of music yeah. in general. Like really like listening back on it today, and you like listen to it and you like you think back like this was in like oh eight oh nine. You know, I can't remember exact year that it dropped yeah. on top of my head, but like this sounds like it could have been made within the last five years easily. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, because Kanye was ahead of his time. You know, he 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 do some off the wall type stuff, but you know what what person that's considered a a, a contribute contribution to the culture doesn't that's that's extroverted. Sure. I'll say it yeah. that way because there's some people that say to themselves and and you know cultivate and do great great things, but when you think about your your princes and and Kanye West, some of them are gonna do some off the wall stuff. That's just part of their personality. Yeah, you know, and I'm not saying that in defense of anything outrageous he says. I still kind of be like, "Yo, you you need to chill." You know, I'm not <laughs> with that. But as far as his contribution to the art, and uh, like you said, once he dropped 808s and Heartbreak, there was definitely a like a paradigm shift, like for the culture in general. Like that was that album was literally the borderline in hip hop, like between two different segments. There, mm. after, after that, I think he was inspired by. Kid Cudi, who, had, who he was like a, a recent signee at the time, he said he was definitely inspired by his writing and his approach and his sound in music. And it was, and T-Pain said in an interview that basically uh, Kanye told him like he wanted to make an album that was like a uh, rapper turned singer, but mm. his version of it. And that's what 808s mm. and Heartbreak is, really is. He was like, ain't nothing but loud 808s and love songs. Mm-hmm. That's what rapper turned singer is. And then yeah. when you listen to, but Kanye has his own cadence to it. So it was like that was an interesting fact because I, I I'm one of the people that says as much success as T Pain has has uh, achieved, he's still underrated in my opinion. I think he's mm. the most underrated artist that is like in the mainstream because he's he's credited yet discredited in so much of the innovation of how artists perform. Like yeah. when, when the when the auto tune saw spread out like wildfire, that was everything insane. changed. Everything that was T Pain who started it though. Like yeah. he was the first one to get really like big off the auto tune and having that be like his signature sound. Like because there's been other people that have like fucked around mm-hmm. with the auto tune and it never really caught wind. Yeah. Like before that, but when T Pain hit and he started getting those hit songs popping, you know that auto tune just took right off. Yeah, and you can hear when when he was in his bag with it. Cause in rapper Tanner Sanger, you could tell he was just messing around with it and learning about it. But mm-hmm. come around the time between that album and Epiphany, when he was doing that, he had that hot streak all through 07, that year when um, Buy You A Drink came out and he was on everybody's feature. You can tell if you listen to I'm Sprung, he got auto-tune on, but he wasn't using it the same way he was using it once he was getting them hits mm-hmm. in. So once he once he got in his bag and he found his voice, I think every artist has that that eureka moment. Once they find that voice and they pew, they gone with it. Yeah, they find just, that sound and they just run with it. Man, and he um, run with it. He did like he was on all the hits that year, man. Like, and I think sure. yeah, like him between him and Wayne, like those two you heard on almost every song that played on the radio, at least in Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, he was no joke. But um, I'm digressing, ain't I? <laughs> I'll go off some tangents and that's all right okay yeah, I, I plan I, I ramble a lot so I tend to get off subject but yeah man you we was definitely inspired by by Kanye as far as making the beats at that time and um like I said like I think that's credited partially to T-Pain there in that era like that helped mm-hmm. a lot um but 
let's see what what ended up happening eventually like i said my homie dave he gave me the his version of fl studio and then i was like i need to get my own you know i don't want to be a guy that's just you know uh grabbing stuff from other people's stuff like i don't want to be dependent i want to try to you know you know me being at that age i was trying to figure out the answers the questions and get my life together and I, I didn't want to develop habits that made me a person that was going to be a dependent on everyone for mm-hmm. everything so I was like man let me just go ahead and break this bread and get this FL on my own so it makes me feel good in myself like I achieved something and build from there so I started making beats at that time this was this had to have been I want to say 2011 2012 yeah it, it's got to be 2011 it's got to be 2011 a whole lot happened that year like a whole lot you know, within music and outside of music. And I think that was like, I went through a lot of trans transitions, uh, artistically speaking. And then that was around the time I ran into the homies at the time, the YouTube community that uh, helped inspire me to uh, find different ways to create at that time. That would kind of pull me out of that, like Kanye West-esque music style at the time. I started finding other people that weren't mainstream just underground cats that i was uh, really influenced by um it's people that still kind of by nature is underground like they're youtube famous yeah. it's like the homie negro saki that's my bro uh aces galvin he used to have his beat battle called battle of beats like it used to be like every month and then once it got bigger it was like every couple months but it was a bunch of heavy hitters and that was around the time when people started really uploading just beats on youtube and mm-hmm. one thing that popped off was cats that would specifically do hip hop beats that was sampling video games. So um, he he hit the mark because I think Saki is one of the first cats besides DJ Maxi and DJ Kariu. Now nah, I'm gonna be dropping a whole bunch of names that people may or may not be familiar with, depending on if you was around on YouTube during that time looking for that type of stuff, like I was. But uh, DJ Kariu and DJ Maxi were both producers who would do cover covers of video game songs from fighting games particularly like street fighter remakes like like they would do re- remixes and covers of it but they'll do like a, a jazz version of let's say reuse theme from street fighter and and they'll put their own twist to it but the melody and everything is still in there but maxi the man is like really he had a really good ear musically like he still it, he makes he makes music composition for games now so it's like go figure yeah <laughs> at that time it was like man who is this kid like this dude was like in our age group like you know, 19, 20 out here, like knowing exactly what he's doing. And when I was, when I would hear that stuff, I was like, man, you can really do that. Like it's, it's kind of rhetorical, but at the same time that gave me a, a that, that motivation I needed. Like yeah, I'm already yeah. messing around. Like how, like what steps do I need to take to get to that level? You know? And at that time I didn't know nothing. I, I wanted to know how to play piano. Like I would have ideas in my head and, and as an artist, especially as an artist in music at that time period, it was very uh, frustrating when you have ideas in your head, but you don't have music theory or some sort of musical training mm-hmm. to translate what's going on in here with the keyboard. So I would be sitting there and I'm like, bro, like, what's these chords? Like, I didn't even know they were called chords. I'm like, what <laughs> is that? Like, what is that feeling? What is he doing? How is he changing colors? Like, I would use words that 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 made me feel some kind of way, like. Like when you do moder- modulation in a chord progression, that's changing colors to me. I'm mm-hmm. not synesthesia. I don't have synesthesia like some people, but I get it when people say, oh yeah, the colors and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So 
I, I got that at a, at a young age, but those guys knew how to do that. And that just pushed me to really dig deep and start looking around um, for more people like that. So that's how I ran into like the SoundCloud community. I get on SoundCloud because I, I don't know who told me about it. It might have been Negro Saki because he was actually shout outs to him again because as much as he was blowing up, his ego never got the best of him. He would always talk to somebody that would reach out and leave him a DM like, oh, I love your stuff. And me personally, <laughs> he already know we already we laugh about this. When I when I got a chance to talk to him and he and I added him as a friend through my girlfriend at the time, she was like, man, just grow some balls and add him because I was just nervous. I was fangirling like, oh, my God, man, I love the tech and remix you did. And blah, blah, blah. Like I was I was gushing, but he was patient. He was like, yeah, man. And then he I would play him some of my stuff. And he was like, yeah, you you know, you might want to calm down on the reverb. Your reverb on your drums is crazy, bro. Like because I was just I was just learning about the the mixing and. At that time, I thought everything that at the time I didn't realize it was compression and stuff that was giving that punch or that that space. I didn't yeah. know. I thought I heard space and I automatically translated it to reverb because when you use reverb, obviously there's space, but I wasn't using the right tools. And yeah. compression was one of those things later on I would find out would be like the thing I tried to stay away from because I didn't understand it. It was really challenging to get that. Yeah, compression's a, a tough cookie to crack yeah because just getting into it because it's, it's because for from, from for someone who doesn't understand like audio engineering or sound design or anything like that or music or whatever mm -hmm. compression is such a subtle thing unless you like are really aggressive with it to where you can't help but to hear it but it's so subtle yeah. that you don't you, that the average ear won't pick that up mm -hmm. you know what i mean so like side chain is, is like, it depends on how much you side chain. Cause you can have yep. a, a nice side chain where it don't, you don't notice it. It's just enough for your drums to punch out in the mix the way you want that want to. And at that time, like I said, I didn't know none of that. So I'm saying yeah. like, what are these people doing here? Like, how do you get that pumping sound? So yeah, that's what I, just I always figured it out. Like when I first was kind of learning compression, I would just break it, see what the fuck it does. Mm, yeah you that's know, how you gotta do it yeah. yeah i would just like smash a certain thing i turn the attack freaking wheel it this way real quick wheel it that way wheel it this way and just yeah. hear like okay that's what that does and i put it in the middle and be like okay i've seen it both extremes i know what it's in the middle and i can kind of see what it's doing i just went like through all the knobs and just like broke it in every way i could just to kind of be like huh okay so i can kind of hear what that's all doing now yeah yeah see i was outside of side chain i couldn't honestly after all these years and knowing about compression i didn't really get compression steel all the way up until was it early this year or late last year mm -hmm. i had watched a video i can't remember who it was but this guy had a uh um it might have been a slate it might have been a slate hardware piece of hardware but he had a compressor and he had he was working on a house track and the way he explained it, just the way that he explained it, it, it clicked. Cause I had watched tutorials and, and read pages and pages of like how compression works and what are you doing? And I'm like, well, duh, it's, it's smashing stuff down, but I don't like, I don't, I still don't get it. Like how to apply it. Like how do you successfully apply it to get it to sound the way I wanted it to sound? Cause I would mess with it and have it on there, but I didn't know what I was doing. Like my yeah. attack was way too early. I didn't realize that you want to push your attack to at least 40 milliseconds to give it some time for that yeah, especially with percussive end. elements you know you, right. percussive elements you want it at the the attack way up or you got want it way late and then the release like really quick yeah 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 i didn't know that and that's what i was saying like because i would have like it was it was 
I had like a, a fat piece of my catalog where I would have compression compression on there and my attack was way too early. And I was just sitting there wondering why, like, I would just turn it up super loud. And like, where did the like drums go? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it ain't it ain't hitting. Like, it's, it's there, you get the idea of how it's supposed to hit, but it's not actively hitting. Mm-hmm. And it, it was frustrating, but like I said, I saw that video like either this year or last year and I was like, oh. Oh, cause he 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 got the hardware joint, so it's it's even better or or more in your face yeah. right there, as opposed to like the software is kind of like more subtle, even when you like slam it. But mm-hmm. it's like it's nothing like to me. It's nothing like I understand from the hardware perspective for some reason more, cause it's it's like practical. It's, you can feel it, like yeah. it's right there. So when he did that that way, and I was like, oh, and then he was like, yeah, you want to have your ratio at at such and such. Like you can start at four, or you can have it at eight and get it to, you know what I mean? And then the release at, at the particular time that creates that dynamic that she was looking for. So once I started applying that and I got it, I was like, oh, I got the keys now. <laughs> like I said, I've, I've been doing this since for, for like 10 years now. And just now getting that right on top of that, the double whammy is getting part, be a part of the side chain crew. So it's just like my sound, even between, early this year like up to february and now are drastically different oh yeah just sure. my entire approach is just crazy just between understanding uh templates like the 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 convenience of having a template is unbelievable because i that i procrastinated a lot um i feel like because i had a nice buzz going on soundcloud when i got started believe it or like saying it to myself believe it or not because at the time i was getting some followers and stuff but i had some really wonky beats because i was in that space where i was trying to be myself but i was trying to be like other people sound like other people to try to reel cats in so was there that kind of push and pull kind of thing yeah the self-identity struggle trying to figure that structure out you know what i'm saying because i was like super influenced by like i said Saki and and flying lotus and uh booney mayfield and I can go through names all day long. Like it's a bunch, it's a bunch of names, but uh, mainly it was Saki, Flying Lotus, and then later on, like Booney Mayfield had played a role. At, like it was certain phases where I would pick pieces and parts from how other people would execute, you know, a certain mm-hmm. bounce and apply it to myself. Or it just kept working on it until I got it, and then I would release something. But um, I was still dropping stuff in between there where it was just to me a hot mess but people would be like oh this is tight because soundcloud community at the beginning it was very active like people would comment more often and and it just really felt like 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 home away from home like you can go yeah. in there and people are looking forward to hearing stuff like that because at that time it was no spotify or or streaming you know that was yeah. kind of like our streaming at the time so it was it, it, it and then you got you you pack that on top of people that just don't want to hear the radio so it's like what other place is better you yeah know, you it's have an endless that. stream of new music yeah, and it's like BeatStars, yeah, BeatStars, and what else? There's a couple other websites like that, but SoundCloud was my spot, like, because there was a couple people that I ran into just listening to a couple of mixes, where I was like, who is that dude? Oh, okay, let me go to their page, follow them, follow them, and, you know, looking at that, they got a whole bunch of comments, and I make stuff out of being motivated, and then I get comments, and then people start following, and then I just, I kept procrastinating, and part of that reason was because my my template game was weak, bro. If I had mm-hmm. templates, you know what I'm saying? If I set like if I understood the the importance of saying, let me sacrifice instead of making this beat right now, I'm having an urge to make a beat. Let me take this time to open up FL, set all of these these um parameters up so that when I finally do feel like making a beat, all I got to do is plug the sounds where I want them yeah. to go. 
like I got an FPC, which is like an NPC, the virtual instrument NPC. And all I got to do is just put the drums in there. I already got my gain stage down. I got my channels kind of like where it goes. So if I, I want to tweak it, it's by a minimum amount. You know, yeah. I got my compression, my side chain, my dry wet, all of that, you know, already set now. At that time, I would be spending 45 minutes preparing all of that before I even get the idea going. So by the time I do that, I'm so tired because I finally got the sounds together. Yeah. You know, you lose that momentum. And I emphasize, yeah. like, creative momentum is important. Like, it's yeah. like a... To make it as it's smooth like, as possible, you gotta. It's it's the best thing you can do, you know. Exactly. I just be. I just um. Actually, the other day, I finally got. Uh, since I switched over to Ableton here recently, and I've been doing the thirty day beat challenge thing. I haven't had the time to really sit down and set up a template with it. But just the other day, I set up my template, and man, I wish I would have done it sooner, dude. Like, because most of my time, you know, it took up was doing the mixing part of it. Cause I can yep. be kind of meticulous with the mixing. And if I'm trying to pump this out every day, you know, I want to get a good, at least a relatively good, clean mix on it. And I would be, it would, I would make the beat and, you know, 35, 40 minutes tops. And then I would be stuck mixing it for another, you know, 45 minutes on top of that. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, now yeah. it's everything's in place. I make the beat, make a few kind of minor adjustments to the, to fit the actual beat itself. Mm-hmm. and good to go send it off like today um i made my beat and like and made it mix everything was done in like i think it was like 40 minutes yeah yeah man that's uh, my my time's cl- I, I mean i ain't trying to sound like i'm bragging because i have a such a simple uh approach and like lately i've been on loops crazy i've been making beats yeah. in like 10 minutes yeah for real like because everything is because what you do is like once you find your style of music or what you when you find your habits what what mm-hmm. kind of kicks you kind of like go for and you kind of like put two and two together like most of the kicks i like the the hot range of it is around 60 hertz you know yeah so it's like if i if i sit here and before i even put a kick in this joint just set an eq up in a in a track channel and call it kick and just already have a slight boost on that and cut everything else out that's already done mm-hmm. you know and if you use ds or whatever um extra effects that you want on there you already know your habits so you gotta just all you're doing is you're um complimenting your habits so yes. that uh, so that once you already it's, it's kind of like <laughs> you read my mind you already knew so it's just yeah. like you just open up fl studio okay i got i know i'm gonna want kicks and snares i got kicks snares i'm not a loop guy like not disrespecting anybody that uses loops i have loops and i build loops and stuff but generally when i sit down I just like the idea of saying, okay, this is how I'm feeling right now. And I just lay that down because that's how yeah. I'm feeling right now. Sometimes it don't work out. And then that becomes a loop. I just take that idea and just save it, throw it in the, throw it in the back in case yeah. I need something real quick later on. But for right now, I'm on the vibe I'm on right now. This is how I feel today. Um, yeah. Like, and I think no that having that template really helps uh, kind of solidify your sound too. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. it and, translates over multiple songs or multiple and, beats and stuff yeah. like that. And, so and, and, like... No, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, and real quick for people watching, it eliminates the question of human uniformity in your albums. Mm-hmm. So if you're making beat tapes, if you have a template, you already are are setting. If especially if you gain stages ahead of time, nine times out of ten, you're not going to struggle about inconsistencies in volume unless you do mm-hmm. something blatantly crazy. Because with gain station, you already have everything set. To once you get everything sounding cool on a mix wise, like level balancing wise. It's, it's going to be under six or under negative nine or however you got it set. That's that's the whole purpose of gain station. That's the, 
people over under looked at because some cats say, yeah. you know, I'll let mine clip a little bit or, you know, I'll run mine in the red. Everybody do it different. There's no wrong way, no right way. But from what my, I've learned in my personal experience, gain staging and setting a template on that amongst the other things is essential. Like that is a-okay with me. But yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, to kind of go off the gain staging thing um, that like I know like you know being involved in a lot of the mixing field and being an audio engineer myself like I've seen most people that when they say they let things clip or let things you know run hot like that that's mostly in a bus group you know rarely ever do they on the individual channel like on the kick itself let it go into the clipping range you know they'll they'll feed everything through the but like a drum bus group and then they'll push that and fucking let that clip yeah that makes sense you know uh i don't i when i was a noob i was doing that because i didn't like i said i ain't know nothing about compression i would learn about what clipping is the hard way like i would run that <laughs> stuff we'd be in we'd be in there getting buck like oh this <laughs> hitting yeah yeah run that up yeah it's red you see it's all it's like look at the shape of it it's just solid it's a solid block of butter and then you hear it in the car and it's just sound like a solid block of butter it's just <laughs> you know what i'm saying we had to learn that the hard way like no you want dynamics you want peaks yep. because even if it sounds crazy, when you play that, like in a place where the acoustics are are pristine, you're going to hear how weak it really is. Like you're mm-hmm. going to be in there thinking you throwing a heavy set blows, but you got like pillows as boxing gloves. Like you're not <laughs> hitting nothing. It's, it's not happening. Your kick sounds more like a pillow than it does a fucking kick. Or a bird fart. Like I've heard <laughs> such a, I've heard such atrocious sounds in my upbringing. Just, just my stuff. You know, yeah. we're, not, we're not even gonna talk about the peers at the time. We're just gonna talk about my stuff. My stuff was, yeah. I, I, I mean, and I had a high standard for myself, so I wouldn't participate in those beat battles. I would always speculate, but you know, I, I'd always had some respect from from a good period, a good amount of the group because i would talk to them and be like yeah that beat was dope and you know check my stuff out and they check it out and we'll develop a, a friendship uh off of that or you know camaraderie and things mm-hmm. like that we would exchange beats and follow each other on soundcloud and stuff like that yeah so uh hmm. what else where was i going with that <laughs> <laughs> thank you about uh the, you talking about the soundcloud community ah yeah soundcloud how you got into that fire bruh yeah so yeah soundcloud joints uh like i said i was making beats and and getting a good piece of momentum but um that that mixing bit yeah the templates like if i had templates at that time it I, i wouldn't have procrastinated nearly as much because the the task of having to do all of that mixing on every track and then worrying about if they're uniform and stuff like that to me it was discouraging and it and it felt like a chore it didn't it wasn't fun because you had to do so much of it like mixing now is is fun because it's like i know i don't have to do much and it's like because i'm not doing the same thing over and over and over again my mind is fresh to think about well well what happens if i turn this all the way up in my headphones and try to cut those highs so it don't hurt anymore like like my mind is thinking those thoughts now where before just like let me just get everything just to sound level and and just get it over with you know what i'm saying now i'm experimenting mix wise with different techniques and stuff because some what i'm finding now is like stuff will sound good sometimes but because if you don't crank it up in your headphones and, and hear like how the highs really sound once you start turning the level up when you go into a venue and you do that and them highs is screeching it's not oh, it's not a flattering 
experience. You know? so <laughs> yeah, you definitely, if you bring it into play it over some venue speakers, you'll definitely hear those fucking, the faultiness mm-hmm. in your mixes. You know, and I know, like, I think it's good, like, at least in good practice for me anyway, like, whenever I'm, like, in, I make kind of, like, a strong, like, divide between creative mode and mixing mode. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, cause, and that's what's kind of nice with the template because everything I can get the sound that I'm looking for with through like a little bit of pre-mixing in a sense. Yeah. But I never like go in and do like the full, like final mix when I'm still in creative mode because it fucks with the flow of it. Yeah. And I always, I'm like kind of like you in a certain way, like I'm very like flow state kind of focused when it comes to creative and even mixing too because i like to i don't want to be like in the mixing phase especially if it's um like a release like a track like a song song not just a regular like beat but if i got like a vocalist on it and you know i'm like it's almost like a songwriting aspect to it and if i going into the song doing the mixing and i don't want to go back to the creative aspect when i'm in the mixing process of it you know what i mean it just it fucks with the flow of it You know, I want everything by the time I'm doing like the final mix downs, I want everything on the creative aspect, on the producing aspect to be done and taken care of. And so I don't have to think about it. Yep. Yeah. That, that, uh, I was just about to say, I forgot about that. I was going to mention that earlier, but I'm glad you said that because now I can mention it. I, I have, I have so many analogies about where I am creatively when it comes to creating and why I try to emphasize, like you said, flow state, like I'm emphasizing being in the moment and not let like using as many tools as it takes to maintain momentum creatively if there's mm-hmm. things you can do that that you can just hit a hot key and be right on an instrument that you want to be on and just turn around and play that like do that if you if there's a way to experiment and try to figure that out because um creatively it's like posing for a picture you're not going to hold a pose but for so long before you you end up like shifting over a little bit or that smile ain't the same or just the angle you're not holding it anymore and then you're losing that energy it's the same thing when you're creating a beat like if i'm making a beat and i'm in the zone i'm in the zone i'm in the zone and then my wife called me or something or somebody tapped me on the shoulder hey just that quick of a sec they might not even ask for anything serious just the fact that that disruption right there it could it it could change the course of the direction i decided to go from there because you can lose that train of thought or or that little riff you was playing, um, you might accidentally run across a super dope riff, but because they disrupted you from that, you don't you don't have the opportunity to accidentally run across that. Now you're going to accidentally do something different. Yep. You know, that's where like the the paths start to branch out, and it can go anywhere at that point. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's why I say it, like I cherish these moments when I when I like when I'm recording now. I just do what I think is dope at the time. I'm I'm trying, I'm doing a, a conscious practice of not trying to sound like my uh my uh, uh contemporaries, you know what I'm saying? Like I still have my influences and sometimes you hear them slightly, but it's not like I'm going in there like, yeah, I'm trying to get this like Dilla bounce or nothing like that because mm-hmm. you know that man is gonna be that man. What good am I trying to be like that man? You know, exactly. I could never be le- like I could be legend in my own way, but I can't be legend like that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And there's no disrespect. Like I with the highest honor and praise to him. Like he did so much for me and, and a whole bunch of people. You know what I'm saying? So it's like let him have his his way. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and I just take the inspiration that he gives me and try to create something else from it. I think that's what he would want us all to do. So I think it's ironic that now when I don't try to sound like him, people be like, 
oh, that sounds like a dealer joint. Uh, uh. And I'm like, and it's like, I don't be mad. I'd be like, I'd be like, I just say, bro, don't, don't gas me up. Don't tell, don't tell me that. Like, I still say, <laughs> I still say thank you. You know, I still say thank you. I'm like, yeah. but that, that guy is the guy. Like, yeah, he, the, the way he figured it out and his story is different than how I'm gonna figure it out in my story. And I'm gonna be, if I be legend, it's gonna be in my own right. Like, mm. I'm gonna, I'm doing things right now that people will probably listen to and be like, oh, that's all right. Cause they don't understand it or they're not familiar with it. But I guarantee you, if you sit and listen to M's every day for a, a month, you're going to take something away from that. And it's going to be associated with you for the rest of your life. And I, you know, I ain't trying to brag, but you know, that's just how confident I am in that project because how different that was when I released it. Like it, it was yeah. so many different things when I put that together, when I compare it to other projects, it wasn't forced. It wasn't, I wasn't trying to be conceptually like, anything i just literally i did what you did essentially without without consciously doing it i was mm-hmm. like every day I, I made a folder called a daily listen log so um shorelands from the first song from m's that was the first entry so from there all the way down it's the first 24 songs that was a part of this daily listen log i still have the daily listen log going so technically <laughs> m's is still in continuation yeah but nobody's gonna, gonna hear it coming yeah, I mean, I'm, I might make, I'm, I might do a a, tongue, a a tongue-in-cheek reference like like the DLC expansion pack the yeah. <laughs> or something like that. But yeah, like it to me, it was just all right. How how you feeling today? Like like yeah, what's up? You know what I'm saying? And I sit there and I sit at the keys because everything is original too. So it was it was it was so many different things at once, but none of it was forced. Like it mm-hmm. was just me saying today I'm gonna practice some keys. I'm not gonna try to sound make a rock track or make a track that sound like this. But it is a track on there that sounds like a, a jam session with a bunch of homies. But it's just me because I use the addictive drums and I just do that and I just built the chords around that. Then I put mm-hmm. a bass line in there with that. Then I put some little sounds on top of that. And then all through the project, I think the coolest part to me when it comes to sequencing it, because I never sequenced any projects like this, I put all the songs, I made all the songs, I bounced them all out, I mixed them all individually, then I put them all under one project in FL Studio, and I just streamlined all of it. Mm. I just put time markers on between the first song and the second song, and then I would click that, so it highlights that piece, and then I just exported that as a wave, but I would export that in a piece of the second one, so all of it kind of like cross-phase into each other. So that's what created that because it's all just literally just this one whole project and it's 24 songs. So I'm surprised that, you know, um, my computer was able to maintain that and, and, and FL didn't crash because usually, yeah. I mean, it was chugging at a couple. <laughs> it did what it had to do. And I, and I had fun on top of that because not only I was able to crossfade, but I also experimented in the idea of me sitting with the listener and ad living. That's mm-hmm. why like in certain tracks, you will hear me like laughing or I'll say, yeah, or or thank you for tuning in or something like that. Like yeah. just create that. So you're kind of like hosting it in a sense too. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just, you know, I'm just not, I'm just being cool. Like without yeah. trying to be cool, you know, I'm just being cool yeah. about the situation, just being fully vulnerable and honest in that situation. Like, Hey, I don't like, cause everything ain't on the mark. Everything ain't on beat. And all my cores ain't hitting the marks. If you don't mm-hmm. pick up on it. Great. But if you do pick up on it, that, I mean, whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. it's just me. It's just me being, having fun with the moment like mm-hmm. that's really what what m's was about it's like l's on steroids like l's was more intent when it comes to like oh i wanted to make this seven song project where i'm trying to do these things and they all original but like yeah. m's was just it it came about about spontaneously it wasn't even supposed to be a sequel to that initially but once i looked at the track listening and i listened to them all i'm like 
it, it this could be a sequel to that like i'm since mm-hmm. we got l's already let me just put m's in there and then like the concept because <laughs> people are like l's what you're trying to say you're taking losses and then you know then you flip it over to m's where it's just like a whole bunch of songs now and m's can be a representation of a bunch of things like some people say m's is like millions or or yeah. whatever like and then somebody said that most interesting one was like you take the m and flip it upside down it's a dub like it's a dub uh-huh. yeah let's so see kind of like, look at it yeah there's a couple and it just to me it okay i understand it and i'll take that like i like bringing it bringing something to the table and seeing what people get out of it like the mm. interpretations they bring out of it because it, be, it don't be stuff that i think of necessarily yeah no for real and, and i feel like the universe ties those things together for you to ultimately understand like like there's different ways to look at a painting that you 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 paint it like everybody might not see you might have painted it when you felt sad and you felt like it was a sad painting somebody might see joy somewhere in that picture mm-hmm. like i hear songs and my wife be listening to my stuff in the car and she's like this song sounds so sad and i'm like but it's not like the sample got this one little part that's like a minor chord, but everything else to me just sound like a, a cool bop. Like it's smacking. It don't sound sad, but she was like, it's so emotional. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, and I, yeah. I think you you're kind of hitting on a good point, like with the, the just being with it in the moment. Like, cause I've noticed that doing like the the beat a day thing just to be able to because being on a time limit, it is what it is at the end of the day. You know, you you made what you made in that time period that you got, and you just kind of gotta run with it. And that I think that's, and you know, not everything is going out of that is going to be like great in your eyes in a way, right. Yeah. but it's still that form of expression that is, um, how do I put it? That, that is just kind of raw. And I feel like while not everything you make might not hit the mark, a good amount of it will, yeah. you know, and the more you do that and the more you kind of, hone that kind of ability in the more and more stuff that as you sit down you kind of make and it kind of hits that mark you know because just out of just repetition you know the um just the repetition of doing it over and over like that you get to kind of get in certain grooves and you kind of know what you're looking for you kind of develop that certain sound in that way and you know like and that's kind of why i like you know making beats over like um like full on like compositional stuff because they're like you said, I thought the the pose analogy was really good. Like I like I see like the long form like um orchestral like composition stuff like that um being more like a short film in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you have um when it just comes to beats though they are more like a picture yeah. in a sense. They're more of a quick, you know, um you put it together you know it is what it is and that's what you got you know it's just like a snapshot you know because when you're going with the composition you got to go over this you go back and you know make sure all the music theory is on point and you know make sure that you know the the transition from here from this section to this section is on point and you know it's a multiple time thing you go to it and you come back and you go away you come back and that still has that element of rawness to it but i think that the the kind of the snapshot um mode is a little bit more raw and i think that almost shows in kind of like the lo-fi community you know in general and how just the style of music is i think that's like a really core part of the kind of the zeitgeist of the community yeah, it's 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 like, like I think that's why 
uh lo-fi gets that 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 whole rap of like uh beats to study to it's mm-hmm. not just to study to it's just it's it's a every song is a different moment and form of meditation it's a meditation on a different thing yeah and that thing could be inspired by the title or whatever the background cover art is uh it, it varies like uh like you were saying compositions the compositions when you have movements and everything is choreographed so where beats mm-hmm feel like a snapshot or a focal point like like look at this this is the mood of this moment mm-hmm. you know especially if it's just a loop you know because ain't nothing wrong with loops a dope loop you can dive into that and be stuck in that you know what yeah. i'm saying uh but when you have compositions when you think about like tchaikovsky and beethoven and, and all of these cats they create movies these are uh, assortment and and just a roller coaster of emotions like it it could be tense for a minute then it's like you know um gentle and yep. and it's like the feeling of sorrow and then regret and then it rises up to elated elation and it's just it's just crazy how classical music they were able to do that especially like on a one shot like recording type tip like i i can i can only imagine the editing process for that had to suck so bad because they ain't got no <laughs> they ain't got no cut they ain't got none of that. Like it no. was like we gonna do this right the first time. That's why you see all these like so those players are you know world class players to be able to do that stuff. You know, not everybody that's just been playing on a violin for fucking you know four or five months can start you know jumping in orchestra. You know, playing the uh, rights of spring. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. I've been playing piano for years myself, and I still can't. I still don't consider my, I consider myself still amateur. I just able to, um, I, I have my, my niche, I guess. <laughs> like I could sit there and just like bang some stuff out. But if you say like, Oh, play, play a, a little Richard tune. Like, I don't know the chord progression for it. And yeah. I don't, I could pick up the scale by ear, but in the little nuances, like the, like certain progressions and modulations, I don't know those off the bat. Like I have to learn that still. Yeah. And even to this day, I still practice, and and stumble across like really cool gems and stuff like that um and and i gotta sit down and just figure out my scales because i was i'm a chord head like i love neo so i love those rich colorful chords and like modulation i'm crazy about that stuff Mm -hmm. but i think i think where i messed up at it and me learning is that i jumped right into that and i skipped over the fundamentals and was like let's learn every scale first yeah like let's learn every scale first to the point where if somebody say play a a sharp a major scale i could just run right through it i don't have to sit there and like i can sit there i could do it but it takes me like 10 seconds to be like okay like get the steps yeah. together it's not like i know them by heart and i can run yeah. back and forth across them or i could do like a third inversion of the the fourth chord like the fourth uh uh yeah fourth roman numeral like i can't do that off top i i, I want to get to that point to where it's kind of like second nature because once i get there then like my chord progressions is going to get even that much better but i just yeah. jump right into the butter <laughs> without baking the bread you know yeah, what i'm saying but even so, to a certain point like you have if you have enough knowledge with the software like i've been seeing like a bunch of people in the discord and stuff talking about the quarter mist yeah stuff like the shit that you can create with that like if you know the music theory aspect of it then you could just dive right into that and you don't even necessarily have to sit there and you know play all of these things out yeah that's you know. I like the I, I like the idea, but I'm I'm hard headed. It's nothing against <laughs> people that 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 do it. I'm just I'm that person. Like no no, I want to figure it out myself. Yeah. And it's never been a shot. It's just to me, I know that I could do it. I just have trouble applying myself sometimes. Yeah. Like 
I was like, man, I don't want to sit here and practice these chords. Like, I know these chords. It's like, I know them, but I don't know them. I need to know them. I need to know them like how Thundercat knows him. Oh, like, man. When I seen Thundercat saying, like, the key to how he plays is because he just knows the scale. He emphasized scale, scales. I'm like, if this guy who plays music like this is saying that scales is the key, then what have I been doing? Mm-hmm. Because... You know, I get the scales, but like I said, that's something I look over. I'll just like pressing a whole bunch of keys at once and just hearing what Listen. comes out as it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and I could jump around in the scale once I figure it out. But I still I have the habit of going around like certain scales that I'm comfortable with. Yeah. And the like thing I, is, too, like when you understand that aspect of music, because, you know, going to school for, you know, audio engineering and music and stuff like that, you know, I learned a lot of the music theory, but I was never much of like a hands on player. Mm hmm. So, you know, I played drums when I was in school and I never really, I had a couple piano lessons, but I never really, you know, I, I learned the scales like to like, I, I can sit there and name the scales off the top of my head. But if you tell them to, you know, let me roll it up the, the piano real quick, you know, I'd be kind of like you to a certain degree. You'd be like, okay, that's this scale. You know, my, my fingering and my hand, you know, would be all off and weird and stuff like that as I go up the scale, mm. you know, cause there's like, technical ways of like fingering for the piano and stuff like that and how you do it for which makes sense you know it makes it a lot easier but it's just one of those kind of like extra barriers to break through into it yeah no that's true yeah like my fingering techniques is not a one like i'm not super stumbly and bumbly i can kind of figure my way across but Mm -hmm. even still like I don't know exactly. Like I had to figure it out to get to it. Cause just now, like not now, but earlier this week, or I think it was Saturday. It wasn't even this week. I think Saturday I was messing around like G major. Like, let me learn the G major, go up two octaves and one fell swoop without having to skip a finger or hit the finger wrong. Like I want to end on a one and a five. And then when I come back, I want to end on a five and a one, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Perfectly. And just knowing when to cross over and off which finger, it, yeah. it takes practice. Like I don't, I don't have that part, but I can mm-hmm. kind of maneuver around, but it'd be like some janky way. And I might end up like hitting that last octave on the, the index finger. And I'll be like, cause <laughs> you know, it depends. And the reason why they teach you that is because when you're doing certain progressions, you need that finger to be available to do the yep. next move sometimes. And, yep. and even certain off, melodies too. Yeah, if you crossed up and all snapped up, man, you on the road to arthritis. <laughs> it's like breaking an ankle on basketball, but with playing. Yeah, like it's 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 imperative that you learn it, and I know I should learn it. I I was somewhat classically taught, but I didn't stick with it for long. Like I went to college and took like two piano classes. Unfortunately, they only had two piano classes. I passed both of those, and then uh, I had a personal teacher. Actually, it was my my elementary school teacher and she I ran into her by chance I, ironically and I took some lessons with her and then I stopped going I forgot why I stopped I think oh yeah because I had work and a whole bunch of stuff I had time constraints and I couldn't keep going but uh still like I'm just I'm glad to even get to the point that I've gotten to where I can play the keys the way that yeah. I can because I can still kind of like you know hold some sort of entertainment by for people when I'm playing mm-hmm. but it's not like I said I can't sit there and play the entertainer off top or, or some Robert Glasper ish type stuff. Like I gotta, gotta <laughs> make some references and do some homework on that. But yeah, yeah. it's I love the keys. Keys is keys is like my first love in instrument wise. Like mm-hmm. when I seen people playing that or just when I was hearing the chords and Neo. So I was like, man, like the piano and the rows are like, man, I gotta have those. Like 
that's that's it like i love drums when i make beats like drums is like my thing but right up under that i mean right up under that like yeah. a hair under that is the piano like because i can i can release a whole album just off me playing the keys for real like i have enough of that material because I, I do yeah. practices where i uh i'll record for five minutes and i'll play a scale and then i'll just start playing just off of that yeah. see i never really had like the the self-confidence in a way like behind um some of my compositional skills to be able to fully you know make shit you know i i've some of my beats like i've uh that i've done with some rappers like i've composed like most of them but like a, a good chunk of my beats like as far as that realm of things goes you know that are not really sample based you know, I always kind of do like a mesh of like loops and making my own shit on top of it mm. because I always like to find that kind of vibe first and then kind of build on top of that. Yeah. You know, because like sometimes I'll like come across like say I have like this like cool little melody I made, but I I've tried three different progressions underneath it and I don't like any of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so I'm just like, fuck it. I know what key this is in. Let's go look for one, you know, fucking then load that in and then, you know, take the whole thing, maybe take my melody and the progression, like pitch it down two whole steps, Mm. you know? So it's, uh, it's, you know, two whole steps down from what it was. So it has a completely kind of different vibe to it, but it really meshes well, Mm -hmm. you know? And so other times I'll just take in fucking, mash loops together yeah, like i, I mean, figure out like the keys of certain loops and the keys of other loops and you know just time stretch them and mm-hmm. pitch them to the right keys and they just perfectly kind of just mesh together you know and i think that's almost like sampling a lot for me in a way mm-hmm. that um because you're taking two things that were not made for each other at all in a sense yeah and you're just kind of gluing them together and knowing what kind of works with what sound, you know? And I think like with me producing, I've noticed like my strong suits isn't necessarily in like the individual like aspects of it, you know, like, cause there are a bunch of people that are like really hard with the drums, you know, some people are really hard with their chops. Some people are really hard with their progression. Some people are really hard with their mixing you know, and I've kind of leaned more towards the mixing aspect as being my more strong suit. But I feel like as time has gone on, like I've become really like vibe focused. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like being able to create a mood, you know, whether, you know, without having to be like, oh, my drums have to be this or the, you know, the chops have to be like this. It's just like more of the, the totality of it kind of as a whole. I feel like that's more my strong suit to be able to like create that vibe, you know, even still like, even if it's kind of like a boring drum pattern or it's a simple drum pattern or it's a simple progression or simple chops, just being able to create that kind of mood, I feel like as I've noticed is more of my strong point. Yeah, man. Me too. Like I said, like during the production of this project that I was working on this, that's, that's one thing I started putting into practice. I forgot what video I watched. But it was basically talking about like overthinking, thinking yourself into a box and just mm-hmm. like letting that go. And and that's why I keep talking about like the pose analogy and stuff like that. Like really 
capture the moment because it's not something that you could just put in a bottle and sit on a shelf. So it's yeah. like, you got to make the most of it right now. So like you were saying, a, a simplified drum pattern may be what this particular mood calls for. It's not like everything ain't got to be boom, boom, tat, like all the time. Like it yeah. ain't got to be heavy reverb and crazy drums. Like sometimes you don't even need a snare. Like you can use like a percussion as a snare or something. Yep. You know, you just, you just want to, it's like a self check for me. Like it's therapeutic for me. Like, it's like if I'm making it for myself, I'm, I'm, almost like a diary like i'm like how am i feeling today hmm. you know and you ain't got to do that with every song you make but hmm. if just i would encourage that if you if anyone makes like five beats a day or if you make three beats a day or two beats just more than one beat at least let one of those beats be the one where you don't necessarily have to plan to release it just how you feeling try yeah. to convey how you're feeling as best as you can i'm not talking about make a hit unless that's how you're feeling like i feel like making a hit didn't try that but if you feel hmm. like you know, man, my car was broke down and my girl nagging on me, she getting on my nerves, blah, 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 blah. You might have a weepy sounding joint, you know what I'm saying? And the drums might hit a little bit different than usual, only because you're not so uh, dead set in a mindset of saying like, these these drums have to knock. Yeah. Like, you're just going to play whatever you play. And yeah. then sometimes you do want to put it into practice, like, like, I want them to sound a certain way just for the sake, for like, for practical purposes. Mm -hmm. like, you'll get, because you can, you can, get stagnated with your drum sound especially if you have a certain sound you already have like you'll you'll find yourself running out of patterns if you have a certain bounce so sometimes yep. you got to be like instead of hitting on the two and a four on the snare all the time sometimes you want to hit a uh two three four on the snare like just boom tat 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 and then like that's the that's the, the spinal cord of your skeletal body of drums. And then like all your perks and stuff, it's just different details in there. Like your percussions, mm -hmm. your shakers might be different or you might not have shakers. You might have these these really cool, um, like the seventies discos, doo doo joints going on. Like, you know, you, you never know. Like, but yeah. you gotta sprinkle it. You gotta sprinkle the cupcake with, with different colors. Like, cause yeah. you gonna make no, a chocolate no. cupcake if you a chocolate cupcake maker, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's up to you, how you gonna dress that up? Cause. Mm -hmm. I put I say it like this, like I don't think that there's one drum pattern that hasn't been made yet. No, no, there's been you know what I'm saying. Yeah, the, like, everybody's done it basically at this point. The ones that ones that are, are conventionally accepted as being rhythmic and, and having a bounce to it. Cause you can you can get super off the wall and come across some stuff that's been uncharted, sure, but mm -hmm. it's gotta be able to be flattering at the same time. Yeah. You know yeah, saying? and I it's think like I, I remember like just getting into producing like and I think a lot of producers do this that um, even like just general musician it, that kind of go down this road that when they're kind of first starting out that complicated is better mm. you know it's it being the innovator is the coolest thing you can do that was me I was that yeah. guy. <laughs> You know, but they lose sight of, you know, practicality in the matter. Yeah. And how it will be kind of received to the other ears that are listening to it. You know, you might, to you, you know, you could have been like, oh man, this crazy chord progression I did this is fucking awesome. You know, the, the, the weird wonky drum pattern on top of that fucking mint. And then somebody listens to it. They don't know any of that. Yeah. You know, just yeah. the average listener. They don't know that you did this crazy turnaround on your progression you know, like they don't fucking know, like unless they're some trained musician, you know, they're not going to pick that up. So you're just sitting there thinking like, man, this is so dope. People are going to love this. Show it to them. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. But you're not like 
you do not know what I just did. You know? <laughs> Are you not floored? Do you not understand that this is this is groundbreaking technology you're listening to right now? <laughs> right. Yeah, because some some trained musicians just ain't going to vibe with that either because some of them are, are trained in traditional straight edge. Like like some some of them classical people, they like, yeah, if you don't, if your wrist don't roll like this, when, when the sheet music says to, it's like a certain sign that your hands are supposed yep. to do this. Literally, literally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, if you don't know. do that, we knocking some marks off because that's that's what we're about in this culture. You know what I'm saying? So some people they're they're welcoming to that. So I like I shout out to people that do the abstract stuff because it takes courage to do that because mm-hmm. uh it's a like abstract hip hop is a box within itself. But even within mm-hmm. abstract, there are certain like little corner spaces in that yep. area where it's like you want abstract. This is abstract, like because you yeah. got some safe abstract until you have like super heavy experimental abstract. And yeah. at one point, I was doing stuff like that. Like you had to decode the 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 rhythm in there, like because it was it wasn't it wasn't usual. Because I was listening to people like that. It was cats like Isaac Blizzum and and other people that had like some super crazy technical. Well, not technical. That's subjective. Some really crazy patterns going on mm-hmm. and. It just depends on like if if you vibe to that bop because you may not be able to even nod your head to it, but just to listen yeah. to it and be in awe of it. It was just something to to witness. It's it's just like looking at abstract art. Like everybody's not gonna get that abstract piece. It's people yeah. that bought it. It's somebody that I forgot where they they bought it for like five hundred thousand. Man, they bought uh it's just a banana, a rotten banana with a frame around. Yeah, yeah, I seen that. I seen I'm like. That. Yeah, I mean bananas are ordinary, but to, to sell it as art. And for that much, that's extremely abstract, but somebody's going to be there for that. And uh, this way, I kind of like the the lo-fi community in a sense, like in a lot of ways, because they're very accepting of all these different experimental stuff, you know, and I think like, you know, I might catch some flack for this if any of um, my jazz friends hear me saying this, but I think like more like the lo-fi community is kind of like the modern jazz in a sense. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like with how it's kind of um, very mood based because like there are some cats that are definitely still doing their thing with jazz. Like Kamasi Washington, fucking incredible. You know, that they're still making headway in the jazz realm of things, you know, but, you know, most of jazz is kind of behind us at this point, Mm. you know, in, in the general mainstream culture of things. You know, and I think like lo-fi is kind of making a resurgence of that same kind of spirit in a sense, not in the same like hands-on, you know, musician, you know, going improvising, going ham like that, but more in the the spirit of jazz in a sense mm-hmm. and how you're able to be that experiment and be expressive in those ways. Like to me, like, you go like how a person was extremely expressive back in the jazz days was, would be their solos. You know, they would play the standard, they would play the head and then they would go off into their solo sections, you know? And I think like each beat that you make as kind of like a producer is your solo section Mm. in a sense. And your beat tape is your song in a sense. Like if you go back in the day, you know, you're, you're, your tape is the kind of the standard and each little beat on that is kind of like your snapshot of your solo in a sense. And it's a very raw expressive kind of in the moment 
you know, just putting it out there, putting it down. And that's, you know, that's what it is. I'm just soaking this in, bro. I'm, <laughs> I'm so that's, that's a different, that's a different perspective. I mean, I, it ain't that I don't disagree. I just never thought of it that way. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think jazz still has a pocket to grow. Like jazz is one. Of oh yeah. Most, oh, for sure. Like, because when you think about like jazz has so many different eras to it, just like hip hop, like mm-hmm. jazz is basically hip hop's dad, basically yep. jazz led the way for hip hop, which is jazz has so many like sub genres and then when you come across people that are like freakishly talented and scientists like john coltrane where he did giant steps mm-hmm. you know when he understood that's a music like, how theory to, masterpiece yeah that's the circle of fifth like okay um interstellar i think it's called interstellar outer, outer space is another project he made is whatever the album is called i forget it slips in my mind i think it's interstellar something but the, you'll know what i'm talking about the, the albums are the not albums the songs are named after planets with the exception of like leo and like another mm-hmm. one and they're like nine minute songs mm-hmm. but he's literally it's an experimental album he's literally going crazy the whole time and the drummer is going crazy and mm-hmm. like the drums when i forgot how somebody explained it but it's he's trying to play like the idea of space in, in this body of work where Mm. like, I forgot, man, it it was just profound when they explained it, but basically like the, the earth, the ground is like the drums. Cause even though the drums is like going crazy this whole time and Mm. it was freestyling, it was still solid. It was still rhythmic. It was still a foundation to it. And he would just go and do these, ripping solos like he's shredding this stuff for like eight minutes dude and it's nuts and it's like to i would feel sorry for the person who would have to write the notation for this oh god because it was so and it transcribed the, the the <laughs> yeah like 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 giant steps was an incredible piece of art and i think the reason why that catches what it catches is because it's a beautiful piece of art that's not experimental and it it, it just it's it's sane this was pure insanity. It's beautiful. It is pure insanity, though, because he he definitely took it like to a whole nother planet. And that's not in an unflattering way at all. Like I'm saying that with, with just pure admiration for that piece of work. I wish I could do something like that, because like for your mind to even think of it that way and say, I'm gonna try to put this into theory, like put this theory into practice in a way where I'm trying to paint the picture like this is what this planet is like, like. Mm this is like the surface of the planet is the drums and and then these little things is going on here but the main part is like the atmosphere which is him soloing on the saxophone like because it's, it's no like it's no motifs to it mm-hmm. if it is it's a very small remnant one but for the most part it's just him just going and being completely organic like it's nuts though like it's crazy but yeah i mean i can gush about that though but like yeah that <laughs> interstellar space joint crazy i love that that's hard yes sir shout out to john coltrane shout out to jazz but no, lo-fi is crazy too man um it's it's a it's definitely a change of pace it's much slower uh and it's more it's more meditative like mm-hmm. jazz feels more loungy like it gives you a place it feels like a, a really comfortable couch to, yeah. to sleep on after a, a hectic day or just at the end of the day you just go there have you some drinks and kind of just it makes it feels like a massage mm-hmm. it's a sonic massage for the body mind and soul like you just and it's and it's so expressive in a way because there are no vocals nine times out of ten in the way to to dictate the attention of the ears mm-hmm. so it gives the people playing the instruments 
that extra space to to collectively and creatively express themselves in that moment. So when you you could play like a, a person could play a piece at three different shows, but the solos will be different every time. Yeah. Because it's not that that part's not rehearsed. Like as long as you get the motif, it's like okay, this is the this is the show. This is the star of the show. These are the cast. And then when the solos come out, this is the cast saying his his dialogue in this mm-hmm. episode. You know what I'm saying? Then yeah. he'll go over there and it's like a whole nother episode. He go over there, it's a whole nother episode. It's the same show though. It's the same yeah. cast of people. They give you the introduction. Hey, we're this. This That's them playing the motif. Hey, we're this. This is what we're about. You know, you got your trumpet over here. You got your sax over here. The keys over there. Boom, 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 boom. Then they come out there and do they, they solos. And when they get done, you know, you either are entertained by the episode or you're not. But nine yeah. times out of ten, if they shredding it up and they in a club, man, they 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 there for a reason. And I I really like that. That's a really cool analogy for jazz. It's like a show, like it's a sitcom or or a series of, you know, ep- it's an episodic thing and it's, mm-hmm. it's really organic. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, and it's just a study. It's an art behind that. It's just super beautiful because it, it with a rap song is like. You can you can perform the rap song differently every time, but those are the same lyrics. Yeah, you know, and so it's the same you, beat and stuff like that. You know, it's the yeah. so the you, you know when you get into kind of like the um uh the kind of more mainstream hip hop stuff and rap um it become you know like working in live music. I've seen this a bit. Like most of the time, honestly, I hate to say this but most rappers and rap songs are way better on the album than they are live. Oh, dang. Like, I, I hate saying it like that, but it, it's the truth, though, in my mind. Like, because I've seen so a good handful of rappers. Like, you know, there's been very few rappers that I would say that their live performance is about on par with their studio performance mm-hmm. stuff. You know, I... Yeah. There was a couple years ago I uh, did sound for this KRS-One show that came to town. And it was just like, it was basically right off the album how he performed. You know, that same type of energy, that same type of, you know, crispness and his presentation. Yeah, he's fire. No, for real. And except... Funny story from that, he almost blew the the house speakers because he kept turning over and wanting it turned up. I was just like, like being the live sound tech for it. I was just kind of like, I can't go anymore. Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> like, Push it. Push one, it. Of the, one of the security guards came over to me and was just like, you know, you're you're the the right side over there is fucking cutting out. You know, it's losing power. And so I'm just like. <laughs> And he, I pushed it to that point, and when he know he heard it on stage, like because it was cutting out. And after that, after you realized it was just about cutting out, he stopped asking for it to be raised louder. Yeah, you got man, listen. Unless you want to shout that whole thing out across the whole stage, <laughs> he sounded like so my man. Sounded like he wanted four more speakers up there. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean that's kind of the thing that he does, like in energy. If you look up a lot of KRS One shows, he'll like in the smaller. Like not, he doesn't really do that in like a bigger venue, but like the smaller venues where the sound guy is, you know, within throwing distance, you know, mm-hmm. he'll constantly just do that as kind of just like a hype thing. Mm. He's like, yeah, let me, let me, I'm in throwing distance. I'm gonna throw something at you. If you want. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but no, was, the KRS man. Yeah, freaking, oh, for real, he's a cool dude too. Like really educator. wicked cool dude. Yeah, shout out to Chris, man. Dang, yeah, dang, you got to do a show for him. That's super dope. I would, I, I would love to meet him, man. Yeah, no, that was dope. But um, no, then um, where I was kind of going with that is that you know, and I've seen other rappers that are that don't have the same energy, don't have the same delivery, and it's just really lackluster, you know. And you see them like perform this stuff, and it's just like. And I would have just been better just going to my fucking car and playing this and seeing this live. You know, like I hate to say it because I love, you know, hip hop and rap culture, but the live shows, they're lacking. You know, it doesn't feel, you don't feel that energy isn't there unless they're extremely, you know, powerful presence on the stage. You know, if they just have it in their mind, oh, I'm just going to come here, you know, spit my shit, you know, and then that's my show, you know, see ya, get my check, head out. You know, it's not the same energy in the crowd, you know, and that's one thing, that's one of the biggest things I've missed since like COVID hit is just being able to have that, you know, massive crowd energy of just in a room with skilled musicians going fucking balls to the wall with performing and just feeling that energy, that back and forth, that feedback from the crowd to the artist, to the artist, to the crowd and just you know, part of that energy loop of things. It just is, it's refreshing. You know, it's its like soul food, really is. Definitely invigorating, man. I miss that stuff too. That's why, like, these last, that like that, just the last couple opportunities I've had, I've taken it. Like, somebody was like, hey, we we doing a show, you know, on the 31st, you trying to do a gear? I'm like, hey, I'm there. Because, <laughs> you know, any chance to just vibe out with people. I just like vibing out with people, just listening to music. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's their music or my music, you know, mm-hmm. you know, not to sound narcissistic, but of course my music. But, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, like I just like to go out there and just like you said, getting that live feedback and just building that experience. Because as as I was saying, like you know, I got started in music in in oh eight oh nine, and I didn't really, I didn't consider myself professionally doing music until last year so like mm. my first shows and stuff wasn't until last year so all this time before that it was like me questioning am, am I supposed to be doing this am I good enough is it like how do I do this uh, who do I talk to uh yeah. like all of the questions and like before I even take that step I need to figure out this compression thing and figure out this theory <laughs> like you know you start setting all of these barriers in front of yourself instead of just doing it yeah and when I went uh 2018 I, I think that year was like super it, it was pivotal but i think the reason why it was so pivotal is because that year in particular i was doing more asking than usual like questioning like am i mm-hmm. supposed to be doing this because i was all, i was just getting off a super long hiatus i hadn't made a beat in like like i'll make a beat like maybe once a month like it was i was dry <laughs> i was feeling defeated i had the job i had was like you know taxing physically uh, mentally and all of that but uh, 2018, I was just praying and asking, like, like for a sign, like, I need, to, I need to know. So, uh, fast forward, you know, later on that year, um, October comes around, A3C. I had bought my ticket because one of my homies that I visited in Atlanta prior to that, the year prior to that, he was like, "Yeah, man, you should go check out A3C." It's like every year, you know, it's a huge convent, like a huge uh, conference and a festival, and they got all these artists come up here, and it's just dope place for a bunch of artists to just meet together not just music but just like every form yeah. of the arts you know they're there and it's a huge conference like if you miss this event over here you can always go to this one over here it's like mm-hmm. five minutes later and it just clockwork like yeah just inspiration 
dripping all over the place. So I took his word for it. And I bought a ticket and I um I went to go see a particular artist. Uh, I, At that time, I just got hip to Imano Omari. And I was like, oh, he going to be there? I got to go, man. Like, that was the selling point. Because I was already thinking about going. But when I seen it, he was going. I was like, oh, I'm there. I'm going to the festival. Because I was like, I don't know what the conference or the festival is. I don't know the difference. I seen this name on the festival. I'm like, oh, I'm going to that festival, though. <laughs> I get there. And, man, when I tell you, like, it, it was just the energy was unreal. And I got the sign from the universe of Moha, Most High showed me, like, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Because I get there, um, and it's the first time I heard of Controller Rise. Controller Rise was running. Uh, they had their whole own tent at the festival. It was A3C. That's where he was supposed to be at. I'm looking around, and I'm just, like, a, a kid in a toy store, just <laughs> all the artists i'm just in all like all of this inspiration like when i get back to cleveland i'm not gonna know what to do with myself so i get there and um first off i saw jay phil i don't know how many people hip to jay phil but very sick beats i ran into him hmm. i talked to him i fangirled i was like oh my god jay <laughs> it was just like jay phil oh i gotta take a picture i'm geeking him then he told me he was from cleveland i super geeked i was like oh you're from cleveland too that's great i'm freaking out you know what i'm saying i was like oh that's a brownie point and then I'm I'm just walking around and and at this time, mind you, I I never went to festivals like music yeah. festivals or anything like that. So I didn't know like at festivals, that's a place you want to go when you want to just bump into a celebrity and just be like, oh, excuse me, wait, is it? Is that, yeah, who's that? Is that? Is you know that? Yeah. Who is? Yeah. So I'm sitting there like I'm already geeked off Jay Phil, but Jay Phil looked like he was playing a role. It wasn't like he was just randomly standing around. He was like yeah. a photographer. He was getting his videos and his yeah. content together for the for you know from the edit and put on his channel. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting there walking around, checking out the different things, and I saw uh I saw DiBiase, and I was like, "What? Oh man, this is nuts! I'm geek, bro. I was like, oh my god, DiBiase, what's up, bro? Like I I tried, you know, I'm that guy. I try not to fangirl too hard to where mm-hmm. like you'll see me coming and try to act like you don't see me, or yeah. <laughs> I don't, don't want to be that person. I, I keep, you know, I do a good job keeping my cool. Funny enough, I was wearing this shirt when I went 2018. <laughs> Cause I remember when, uh, actually we're going to talk about that story in a minute, but anyway, I was talking to DV, I said, and I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is somebody I've been listening to on SoundCloud and he just felt like so far away. Cause I heard of him on SoundCloud. And then I saw him when I started listening to Booney Mayfield stuff, he went to a, a, a big tune battle. And then like, I was looking at like Red Bull beat battles and stuff. And that's how I, I, I saw DBIC again there. And I was like, Oh, Oh, this dude, like, he gets busy and his beast is fire. So mm. when I seen him there, I was like, oh, this is tight. Like, oh man. And it was just so cool because DBIC is such a humble dude and just down to earth. Like he wasn't acting all like on this ego macho tip or anything yeah. like that. And, you know, we just chopped it up and I was making him laugh and everything. I'm like, I can't believe I'm making this dude laugh. So the whole time <laughs> I look up at the stage and um, Stolen Drums was was the one running the show in that particular area. It was con- controllerizing. He was doing, he was getting ready to do a, a, a workshop through the Mala- the Melodics app because he was mm. he was in partnership with Melodics app. So he was like, mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm about to get into doing this workshop, but real quick, he was like, how many of y'all like free stuff? Say free stuff. Well, he didn't say free stuff. He said free shit, but anyway. <laughs> so he was like, you know, free shit. Blah, 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 blah. So he was like, I tell you what, like this is the last opportunity we're going to uh, grant you guys to sign on the raffle if you want to get I don't forget, I think it was a, either a machine. I think it was a machine. It was like, we got these two prizes left. It's the machine over here and it's the Korg monologue over here. Hmm. I looked and I was like, they got a Korg monologue? That's crazy. Side note about this Korg monologue. That's another sign from, from what was happening. Earlier that year, all through March, I was going to open mics in my city and I would go to the Samash 
and I would see the Korg monologue. And at the time I wanted a synthesizer, I didn't have one. Mm. And I had the money to get it. And I will always say when I, after the open mic was over, I go around and look at the equipment and play around with some keyboards. And I was like, I'm gonna get this, man. I'm gonna get this. But I never got it. Like I wouldn't buy it. Like, I got the money to get it. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get this, but I ain't gonna buy it right now, man. I'm just ain't gonna yeah. buy it right now. So fast forward back to A3C. So he does the workshop. I'm talking to DBIs. I'm talking to one of my idols. It's unbelievable, right? It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm talking to him, and then I hear my government name get called. And I look up like, wait, who? how do you know my name? He was like, which one you want, the monologue or the or the machine? I was like, oh, bro, what? <laughs> like, I literally signed, I literally, you know, signed up for the raffle five minutes before he called it out. Like, that raffle was, was out, like, weeks before. Like, yeah. just signed a raffle. And the fact that I signed it... Yeah right before like it was literally five minutes he did a little five minute little quick beat technique for the melodics cats to to record it and stuff and then he went back and did the giveaway and then my name popped up and i'm like oh my gosh this is crazy i'm sitting here talking dbic and i just want a cork monologue like, this, <laughs> this cannot be real so i get it and people was just i was getting all of this support and love from people that just saw that i wanted but like they don't know who i am you know what mm. I'm saying? Like, I didn't go up there to play a set. I'm just some random dude that went there off off a, a, a recommendation. So I'm there. And people were saying stuff like, he was like, yeah, so, yeah, like, that's a sign for you. You're supposed to keep making this. I'm like, I ain't like, because I don't know these people. These people don't know me. And for them to be saying that, that that kind of like, at that point in my solidified. head, it's been solidified. Like, yeah. this is the sign. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, bro. Like, and then, like, I met him on Omari. I was able to talk to him. I took pictures with him uh Tuami, all them cats and like i think stolen drums i wasn't hip to him like the music he made i just yeah i heard his that was my first time really hearing his name i didn't see the slappy drums none of it i didn't catch that way so i didn't get to find out and fangirl over him until after i got back to cleveland and listened to his stuff and i was like oh, that's who he is you know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> and like fast forward now like we 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 cool as all get out like that's crazy yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Like that, that was a pivotal moment in my career musically, because at that point, when I got back to Cleveland, it was go time. Like I, mm. that's when I, re- I started working on Moongazer. I did the same thing that you did this month. Again, yeah. I did uh, like every day for the month of October, I made a beat at least. And for me, that was unheard of. Mm. I wasn't making a beat every day for a week. I make like maybe two, three beats out the week spread out, you know, or if I make, like, I make four or five a month or something. So for me, it was like, I was burnt out by November. When November came, I started playing video games. I was just laxed out again. You know, I was getting lazy. And, you know, December come around. I'm like, I need to drop this project, man. You know, so I got rededicated and I see, and I sequenced it and I picked all the ones I thought was the best and I, I compiled them. And that's what became Moongazer, which is on Bandcamp. If you guys want to check that out. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, so we got all of that. I got all that together. And then um, I was... Oh, and another thing I hadn't heard of is a space in Cleveland that I didn't know. It, Cause like, I was like, oh man. Cause when I came back home, I was bummed out. Cause I, I was like, man, all like all of that energy and all them cats, like they doing what I do. Like they love anime, video games, and they make beats. I'm just sitting up here. It's just me and a homie Dave. Like, I don't know a lot of people that make mm-hmm. beats. Like the beats that I listen to, like most of it was like trap or whatever. I'm like, I'm, I make all kinds of beats or all kinds of music. I compose too. And I like, like video games and stuff like i don't know where that's at so um i was with my wife and we had went to a like something for her job like it was something like a award ceremony or something and i was there and i remember looking on my phone and for some reason uh, a ad somehow a ad popped up for a, a it was called beat freak it's called beat freak cle 
I didn't know it at the time. And it was in Cleveland. And it was like, oh, yeah, you know, you come to this record shop. The record shop was literally around the corner from where I lived at the time. So I'm like, get mm-hmm. out of here. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> like these, these pieces was being laid out in front yeah. of me. So I couldn't make that one because that year, that was before I even went to A3C. So mm-hmm. that was like a September I saw the ad because the, ne- the next show, the uh, showcase was in October. I couldn't make the one in October because I was at A3C because it was usually the first Sunday of the month. So yes. then that following month, uh, yeah, in November, I made it to that one. And I was like, oh, man, this is tight. So I was like, I got to do what I got to do to get my foot in the door. Like, because this is what I want to do. And mind you, I didn't have no experience playing live. So now this is a whole nother step for me to have to learn. I didn't make, this is 2018, two years ago. I didn't know nothing about how to do stuff live. I was I was like, all right, well, I'm going to just have to pack my laptop and bring my MPD like this thing and then my laptop. And now this is a big bulky build. But yeah. at the time I... Uh, I was watching YouTube tutorials and stuff. And that's why I ran across Sarah, the instrumentalist. She had a video that was like, why I prefer the Roland SP404 for live performances. Mm-hmm. And when she explained it to me that that's because that's all you need is that an SD card. I was so like, so yeah. I wasn't, I seen people using SP404s before that. That wasn't the thing that got me. The thing that got me on this was like, I can literally just load my whole catalog in here or as much of it as I could and just play it right there. Yeah. So it wasn't like, no, oh, it's trending. Let me get in on that. Yeah. You know, so it, it didn't happen. So I got cool with Brittany, who's the owner of the record shop. Shout out to Brittany. Shout out to DJ Red Eye. Uh, but, uh, oh, family photo. Uh, but uh, yeah, so December came around and I had talked to her. She was like, yeah, we can get you on the lineup. That was my first, 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 first show. So shout outs to that. Yeah, that's that's like my my my, my birth month too. So it was just like a whole lot of good looks, but it was my first show. Uh, the first show was very, very interesting, man. A uh, quick story, because this was, uh, this was, yeah, this was the first Sunday of December. So, you know, Thanksgiving just ended or whatever, and people still got, like, Thanksgiving food. And the reason why mm-hmm. I'm talking about Thanksgiving, you're going to see in a minute. So the kind, <laughs> so the 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 layout of the show is this, is, is, is a show for beat heads. You go in there, you bring whatever, like a like couple people had SP404. Some people brought their laptops. Some people brought like Bus Craze pulled up. I don't know if you know Bus Craze. Shout out to Bus Craze. He pulled up and brought like his one of his synthesizers. He brought a synthesizer and an SP and some other stuff. He's a hardware head. But anyway, people go out there, they play, they set. And then what they do is they allow people to do open mic on top of it if they want to. Like if you just want to cipher on top of the beat, they'll they'll have the mic on the mixer and you can just come in there and just you know go in there and spit a little bit, not too much. You can spit like about 16 to 32 and then mm-hmm. get on out the way and next to let, let let the next cat in line jump in if the producer allows it to be so. Yeah. So what was happening? I had seen it the, in the month of November and I was like, oh, this is tight. This is cool. December come around is a little bit different this time. It was the same concept, but um, we had an uh, incident come up. So <laughs> one dude, uh, shout out to Seneca. Uh, I don't know if you want me to put you out there, but it was his time. It was his set. And he had just said, you know, because it's a, it's a, it's in the record shop. So you just said, like, you know, I got some beats. I'm about to play a couple beats first that I don't want nobody to spit over. Like, this is stuff that I just made. And I just want you guys just to hear it first. And then after that, I'm going to let you know when I want you to do open mic. And, and everybody was like, all right, cool, bet. So he started playing his beats. He started playing his beats. And it's people that's walking by the record shop. They can hear it. And they see a whole bunch of people in there. So they be looking in there, just curious what's going on. They'll be mm-hmm. hearing it. And when I tell you, I'm standing by the door to get in. Like, okay, Seneca is like diagonal. We on both sides of the door. Like he on this side of the door where the stage is, like where you, where you set up at. I'm on the other side of the door 
and the door is right here, cat a corner from the building. Mm. So I don't know or see what's going on right here. I just see Seneca and I'm just vibing out like, yeah, oh, this is tight, this is tight. When I tell you the door flings open, this door fling over, I'm right next to it. And this dude, I don't know who this dude is. No, It appears that nobody knows who this dude is. This dude comes in and it sounds like he's already in the middle of a verse. Like and I'm looking over. I look over at Brittany and Sam. They they the they the owner and the host of the show. I look over. They look cool. So I'm like, all right. So they must know who this is. And then the next thing that come in my mind, I look. He got like this thing in his hand. I'm like, this man look like he got a a turkey dish in his hand, like a Thanksgiving. And that's just me being a jokester. I wasn't serious. Look, and he really had a turkey dish in his hand. He was like, ah, da, 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 da. and then he grabs the top and goes, wow. And like turkey juice flies across the whole record shop, bro. Like it gets on my nephew's phone. Cause he like, cause some of my people came cause it was my first show. I was going to yeah, play. Yeah. So it got on my nephew's phone. It got on, it got on Dave's phone. It got on Britney's mixer, bro. It was so weird. Like it was just weird, but people were still vibing. They was trying to be cool, but like okay disclaimer like homie was a, a neighborhood like he, he was on something but yeah. Brittany would let him come through to vibe out and because she was just cool with the neighborhood she would let him come in and like clean up and vibe out and stuff like that yeah. and this was one of them days he was just on one bro he was just, ah, just freestyling freestyling and syndica seen him and, and seen that we was looking the same way and he just kind of like just everybody was just like just like, whatever let him, let him let him do what he do he finished this set it's my time to go up and i go up I'm just cutting through it because I just want that was the main part of the bit. Being <laughs> like the set was dope. Like the, my set was cool. It was okay. It was amazing because it was my first. But it's just the fact that my first was such a a crazy side event yeah. was going on. <laughs> but man, I played this one beat that it was drum and bass. And when I tell you, this dude tried to break dance in the middle of a record shop with all these crates. I kid you not. Oh man, man. hilarious. <laughs> and then he tried to like. And then he tried to freestyle. Like, he he jumped on the open mic. He was like, ah, 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 ah. he was doing all of that. And, like, people was gassing him up because it's like, you know, we just want to show support. We don't know what you talk about. But we like, yeah. hey, you know, whatever, whatever. But then don't play <laughs> turkey juice no more. Brittany actually had him go and get rid of that and then come back. So she he, he had left and came back since then. But, yeah, that was my first show. And um, that summed up, like, 2018. And then, in like, 2019, I was like, all right. I could do this, like, cause this showcase is every month. So every month, I'm gonna make sure that I can get in on this, or I'll make sure to let her know, like, I'm not about to be a weirdo. Like, so I'm somebody you can rely on. So if you need somebody to do a show, call me, hit me up. I got you, cause I I'm serious about this. I love this. So you know, that's how it kept me in rotation. And I was kind of like, like we're really cool. Like we just did a show, uh, the Ascent Joint. Um, I don't know if you saw the flyer on it. On yeah, 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 I saw that. Like, yeah. So we we did that joint on I think it was October seventeenth and she went out there and she she rocked it, you know. But it was dope. Uh, but anyway, uh, so January come around and I was like, all right, so I'm serious about this now. Like like okay, now it's gonna be professional. I'm doing shows. I'm gonna give myself. Uh, I'm gonna start giving myself uh, um, milestones. So my mm-hmm. milestone was like okay because I'm new, nobody knows me. I'm not about to sit here and be on no high horse. It's not an ego thing for me. I generally love this stuff and I want to help people. So I was like, in doing that, I still have to make my money, but me being like new to all of this, I'm not about to just be asking for stuff and I really don't know what's going on. So I, let me not, let me avoid making an ass out of myself and just say, set a goal. Like by the end of this year, by next December, December, 2019, I want to have my first paid show. I was shown from the universe that, that, 
I'm a little bit ahead of the curve here because my first paid show, I did shows, did open mics and everything. I was doing open mics every week and then I would do Beat Freak every month. Mm-hmm. But um, like come June, I had went to an open mic and I ran into somebody that that was able to get me for a show and that was a paid show in June. So I got paid mm-hmm. the first time in half the time that I had set for myself. And I was like, oh man, this is gravy, dude. Like <laughs> I'm I'm here for it. I went to A3C again that year. That's just fast forwarding through it now. Cause like, oh yeah. And since then I had went to North Carolina too. I actually traveled and did a show out there with Kristen and his crew, man. Shout out to Kristen and, and the homies over there. They used to be called Net Metro Known and then some things happened. So they're doing something else now, but they're still doing it heavy. Like, so shout outs to Chris and Israel and feels good and all the homies over there in, in the North Carolina area, Brooklyn too. Y'all doing y'all thing. Uh, we went out there and we played. Me and my wife just drove out there, like just drove eight hours out there, and it was incredible. Like the energy was dope. Actually, the press kit photo I'm gonna send you might be a picture of when I was out there. I might send that one. I might send the nice. next one. Uh, and then I did a couple more shows. I actually did my first show at, at like a, a big festival in Cleveland, the Ingenuity Fest. So shout out to them. Like, like 2019 was like the year of like, you asked for it, you got it. Your work is paying off here. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like if you, if you work on that, you, you will get there. And, and, and that long story short, like I just been professionally in this for a little over a year. And just to anybody that's, that's questioning themselves, man, get into it and just keep working and what i learned in 2019 my theme of 2019 was don't stop ever like it don't matter how discouraging or hard it is if you, even if you just make stuff and just have it for yourself make stuff and have it for yourself you ain't got to release mm-hmm. every everything but just be honest with yourself be vulnerable and release that stuff when the time comes and just be willing to experiment and find yourself because i ain't i'm still finding myself just pieces and parts you know but you got to find your identity but uh yeah, 2019, man, heck of a year. And then I went to the A3C. It wasn't as as groundbreaking as 2018 was because yeah. it wasn't like a controllerized-based thing there. So it was a little bit different. But I still enjoyed it because I bumped into cats. Like, I ran into 2 Chains, I ran into D1, Actually. I ran into uh, – who else? I ran into a couple people. Shout-outs to our homies, Jay Newton and, and, and Boss Man Wright. Like, those some cats that's locally from Atlanta. They making some noise, though. They, they albums was they, fire. Their projects are fire. You know, I'm all about – everybody it's not just about mainstream cats you know what i'm saying so shout outs to them but i went to that and kept doing my thing and and by the time i hit december i think i hit i think i might have had like four or five paid joints so Mm. you know 2020 rolls in and i'm like all right i'm nervous let's see what we gonna do this time and then covid rolls in and then like everything shifts but even with everything shifting like it's still like what i asked for is still in effect because even though I can't play in in person and, and like it kills everybody's mojo, me and you have been able to sit and develop a bond through sidechain society, which wouldn't have been a thing had controllerizer just been the primary vehicle. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. What, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is like I formed a bond with stolen drums when I had longed for it and I tried to get that in like 2019, but because we didn't know each other and I don't want to seem like a weirdo and just jump out of nowhere and be like, yeah, I was here last year and we should be cool in here. Listen to my stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because we were able to form an organic uh, bond through through the sidechain Zoom sessions. You know, now it's like Oh yeah, like like hit me if you need something or like when you come into the A, hey, yeah, you can come to this shit and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh man, like, yeah. bro, that's super cool like i will hold you to that i'm not gonna bug you on that you know i'm gonna let you do your thing you're your yeah. own man i just wanted to let you know you know give you your roses while you're still here because a lot of cats don't get it like you're a huge inspiration to me and i think on behalf of all the homies that's here apparently you have some sort of value that you brought to all of us no, and it's real. like you know i'm here for it if you need it like if you need something i got you 
And it's just like the fact that we've, we've grown into being friends because of something as unprecedented as the COVID virus, like, you know, the coronavirus, yep. you know, it sucks. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like, 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 oh, thank gosh for all the people that passed away from me. Cause that's not cool. Like, I, I, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm just saying like mm-hmm. the light at the end of the tunnel, there, there are still glimmers of light and opportunity, even in, in places where we've been stagnating and stuff. And just being in the room with the, the heavyweights and the session ends. Yeah. And, and being in, or being able to play the game with Amon Omari and, and just being able to contact these people that you otherwise wouldn't have had contact with it's just been like a blessing and and that so it's just like what's yeah. to come of it we don't know you yeah. just, it's all it's, it's, this year's been a very like blessing and curse at the same time mm-hmm. you know we talked about that quickly in the dms that um you know that a lot of the stuff as much as you know shit has gone sideways there's been a lot of blessings underneath it too yeah. Yeah. you know like certain things that i wouldn't have kind of battened down and started really doing if i was still in like working in the live gig world the whole time i wouldn't be like as focused into my content creation at the moment mm-hmm. you know yeah. and we're building like some sort of brand around that yeah. you know because that's been like since i don't have any live work you know what the fuck else am i supposed to do you know you know i finally got my home studio kind of together around you know april may of this year to be able to actually you know have a dedicated space where i can produce you know and professional enough that i can produce mix master and and create content out of and that's why looking fire man and you got the camera upgraded too bro yeah 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 so i mean you're right man like it's 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 a balance to everything like Mm -hmm. um yeah because it sucks that we locked down but because we locked down like the universe gave us adequate time to do all the things that we say we wish we had time to do like ah uh, if i if i didn't have to work this job i should have could have would have would have and some yeah. people got got blinded by the the fear of like oh i ain't got a job how i'm gonna do this how i'm gonna do that well like the pua has been taking care of people like the unemployment and, and things like that you know the pandemic kicked in and helped those people so it's just mm-hmm. like at this point you don't have an excuse it's like yeah. what are you going to do in this period of time now like yeah. you might have to break a little bit of bread to 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 you know initiate certain things but it's like go ahead and get that business started yeah she wasn't doing it when you had to you know clock in to work for eight hours 12 hours a day and then you got to turn around come home and feed your family and then you know you got that last little hour and a half to watch your favorite show and then go to sleep and start it all over the next day mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like it it, it 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 gave the world time to slow down like it yeah put no for real it's, i kind of see it as kind of like a gauntlet in a sense and it, it it um i watched the um the uh the joe rogan podcast with kanye west the other day mm-hmm. and something that he said that really stuck out to me that kind of um was kind of is I've noticed is like a theme of the year in a lot of ways for some people is that whenever there's a problem, there's opportunity. Yep. You know, and I think that, that to me, like really struck when I heard it just like on a kind of a deeper chord, like that, like either you're going to take this problem and just drown in it. You know what some people did, you know, that's cause you know, I, it sucks that like all this shit, like, um, with people like how much the addiction rate has gone up how many how much the suicide rate has gone up how much all these other you know mental health issues have gone up ever since kind of the lockdown really happened you know and it's 
it's kind of defined like how that um what are you going to do when that type of situation hits right you know are you going to drown in it or are you going to take this as an opportunity to build something with it right you got to take that time to rebuild regroup and restructure like Go mm-hmm. in there and start preparing. Like, like that. That I, I think that's why I'm thankful for this time too, because it gives you time to think. Like, without something being right around the corner, that you yeah. gotta have full undivided attention and focus toward. So, like, what I've been trying to shift my mind state from. I never thought of it this way, but like all my life, I didn't have no no self made entrepreneurs in my family personally. So my life, I was geared to be a consumer by mm-hmm. nature like because my brothers like i said when i was when i was having the sega genesis and i was super spoiled i was i had a a, a very blessed background like my mom didn't have it but my sister would would help out because she was like the, the one of the oldest of the siblings so she would like make sure that my christmases and stuff were straight so i was getting the toys and the games and all that and mm-hmm. then i go upstairs my oldest brother he played video games he was like hey you gotta play this or you played that or you watched this show you did that like mm-hmm. he always and then like looking back at it i noticed the pattern is, is always have you tuned in to this other person's creation? Have you yeah. tuned in to this other person's creation, this other person's creation, so on and so forth. And this year, I really, I think like every, since 2018 has been messages of the year, like like for me, like themes, like 2018 was be grateful for the bad things as well as the good things. Like be grateful for the bad things because bad things help you appreciate good things and bad things help prepare you to, for other bad things how to like and conditions you to be able mm-hmm. to withstand you know uh, more like storms like that in the future you know what i mean and then 2019 came around as i said like that theme was was to don't stop ever like don't ever stop and in 2020 i was waiting on a message i didn't know what the message was because like covid hit and everything was just like what is going on like like yeah. hold on you know but now things is starting to lighten up and like the thing that's been resonating and repeating in my head especially over the last couple of weeks was don't be a consumer be a creator be mm. as much of a creator as you are a consumer because naturally we want to consume things because you know we're, we're yeah, in state capitalism you know what I'm saying we got to yeah. survive but um don't be a person that 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 takes from the plate but doesn't contribute to it, yeah you know what i'm saying like potluck like you got to bring something if you want to make something to be able to consume something else you know what mm. i'm saying so it was like at that point that's when i started cranking out like three videos a day on ig i was like let me let me try to break the algorithm since algorithms the problem since i gotta pay money for my followers to even see my stuff you know what i'm saying and i and i even start stop thinking about it as terms as the numbers like because that's consumer talk too i'm just now i'm just experimenting like when i when i get an ad i'm like how does this work how does that work it's not even like i'm not even getting upset at the numbers or yeah feeling better because of the numbers like the numbers don't have no effect at this point it's just kind of like looking at what works what doesn't um what what based off what i've learned from here in this case study like what direction do i need to go next so mm-hmm. it's just i'm trying to shift my mind state just from thinking about uh what we gonna eat today and what games we gonna play did you did you watch that show did you because i've always been that for 31 yep. years bro so it's like now you know the last three months of my 31st year being on this earth is like now i'm like yeah let me let me really be because i've been creating but i haven't been creating as a creator to just focus on the next thing it's just like i create this thing and then let me see how what y'all saying about it yeah and it's just like now nah, let me create this thing and create this thing and then create this thing and then create this thing and then i want to help people so let me give y'all this and then i'm gonna keep pushing 
and learning for myself and and so on and so forth. So that's that's yeah. been my theme for 2020. Yeah, and uh, me and Complete were talking about this last podcast a little bit, how, um, you know, the more you create, the more value you bring. And then, the, ah, switch it up. <laughs> I, had to, I had to switch it out because I, fro- I froze. <laughs> I died on me, so, yeah. Well, good. Um, no, like, the more you create, the more value you bring. And the more that um, it's kind of a... The more that you give is the more that you get back in a sense. Yeah. And it's not always financial. Like you can give yeah. somebody some money, you know, out of out of good cheer. I'm, I'm a full believer that if you're going to be a, a person that gives someone anything, you got to definitely give it to them with, with good cheer, like with good intention. You shouldn't mm-hmm. spitefully give them money like, man, you always ask me money, man. Yeah, man. You should yeah. give it to them like, I want to help you because mm-hmm. it's going to come back to you. It may come back to you a hundredfold. It might not come back to you in the form of money. It can come yeah. back to you in form of peace. It can come back to you and you will stress now whether or not you're going to get laid off from your job and you keep your job. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't know. We don't know those things. So it's just always mine to keep in mind to just give, be focused on giving to people because we don't, we're none of us are really entitled to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, naturally, we think we're going to go to sleep and everything be all good. But it's like people get killed accidents and stuff all the time. Yeah. All it takes is 10 seconds to change your life. 10 seconds when something goes down right in front of you you got 10 seconds to to make a decision well not even 10 seconds sometimes like with me with with like police interactions i i could say this one thing in a two minute interaction between us two this little two second segment of something that i might say may change whether or not i'm living or not or if i go to jail or not you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and it's not even i don't even have to be at all about it and i'm just using that as an example but just people can you can be on the freeway and and decide that this person in front of you is driving too slow. So you merge to get over that decision right there changes everything else. As small as it is, it changes everything else because you might merge in front of the next person who decides to merge this way. And then they get into a car crash or, you know, it, it's a, it's a, just it's think a ripple about it. Effect. It's a ripple. It's mind, yeah. It's, it's mind blowing, but everything works like that. Like us having this conversation. If I wasn't having this conversation with you, I don't know what I'd be doing. I can I can guess some things I could be doing, but in the midst of those things I could be doing, who's to say I'll be disrupted from that? And mm-hmm. me being disrupted from that could cause, you know, some turmoil or a blessing or who mm-hmm. knows? Like this right here, I consider this as a blessing because mm-hmm. this conversation we're having, somebody might watch this maybe not tomorrow. It could be two years from now, yep. and they pull something out of this that changes their life. You know what I'm saying? It'd be the small things mm-hmm. that you always we we take for granted as human beings. We naturally take everything for granted. No, from a spiritual aspect and just just right really being introspective about it you should always uh cherish those photographs in your life you know what i'm saying back to the photograph thing like because those little snapshots man they 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 say a lot like they mean a lot to someone somewhere it might not be for everybody every song that you make may not have to be uh, a diamond hit but that those those 25 people that listen to it every day, you know, whether it's paying your pockets or not, it's changing their lives. It's saving them. It's helping them mm-hmm. out. It's making a, a huge difference. We we don't even take the time to acknowledge that on a scale as everyday people. Yeah. Not as celebrities, but as everyday people. Someone coming in to work and saying hi to you every day. And then that one day they show up and don't say anything. You'd be like, huh, that's kind of weird. They ain't say nothing today. Hmm. That right there is is speaking for itself. Like, cause you're you're used to this person's attitude, like being cheerful and 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 decent enough to say something to you. So it's like first thing going to like, so what's wrong with them? Like hmm. 
what's going on this isn't natural you know what i'm saying so yeah you know we we, we you know we have power we have power for real and that's why like that's kind of why i wanted to get into the whole like podcast stuff and have these conversations really because you know like listening to like you know different people's backgrounds and how they started getting into producing and stuff like that you hear like the struggles and how long it took and how much stuff really went into these people's backstory and how they started producing Mm. you know and to be able to to put people a leap forward you know new producers or even relatively intermediate producers that have been doing it a number of years that to give them a leap forward into the minds of people that have been doing this for you know a good chunk of time like how many little gems and how many little different things and time saved that they can get from, you know, listening to these conversations. Yeah, save yourself a whole lot of headbutting walls, bro. Cause I had yeah. to headbutt a ton of walls. Yeah. And you never like, of- and, and one of the reasons why I kind of wanted to make it like podcast format is because I've been hard stressed to find like any real like conversations, like producer to producer, on the internet you know all i see is you know tutorial videos how to fucking make your hi-hats do this how to use this plugin what plugin review is this you know and that's not to knock those people like i want to get into like you know the tutorial and review kind of video game too on top of the podcast stuff but you don't really see it as much as like you know the the kind of the one-on-one conversations you know producer to producer and how they went through it, how they kind of approach things, you know, what their mindset is in contrast to another producer right Right. there. You know, there's people that go on there and talk about, oh yeah, I do this and I do that and this and that and this and that. And you're like, okay, cool. So I'm going to do this and that and this and that and this and that. But you hear it contrasted with somebody else's kind of thoughts on it. And you're like, huh, that's kind of an interesting juxtaposition from what he was saying and it kind of opens up multiple kind of pathways into like there's no real kind of i don't have to follow it this way or i could follow it this way or i could go that way and you know it opens way more doors to people absolutely man and 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 like one of the things i want if someone's listening that's like in that space that's kind of like looking for a a ideal path i just say you just got to make your own path you got to do what works Mm -hmm. for you if you take anything away from this is because everyone's paths are very like it shouldn't it, it should help encourage you to just keep doing what you're doing because if you listen to five different uh podcasts and it's five different stories or five different interviews on the podcast and it's five different stories i should just tell you you know you're fine where you are just don't stop doing it keep going because your story is going to be unique it's not going to be like ours you you wasn't born in east cleveland and and struggling off food stamps and and was this close from living like being in the streets like in the hood you know you mm-hmm. wouldn't save by video games you know what i'm saying the next guy might might have had a better upbringing or you might have a better upbringing that don't discredit yourself like embrace your identity embrace what it is that you are and and try to put those your puzzle is different than mine you got to figure out what pieces fit in there mm-hmm. and you got to figure out how to you know structure it and get it to work you know and and tap into the right um circuit so that you can touch the right person you know what i mean i feel like all of us have a service that we have a service and a purpose here that's why we all here it's just the trick is it's just being honest with yourself being transparent with yourself don't even worry about what other people think 
but being transparent enough with yourself to be confident about who you are so that when you do step outside, you're not ashamed of who you are. You're not afraid to lose certain friends because you know they're not good for you because y'all don't, you're you're not compatible in that sense. Because mm-hmm. I had to, I had to, I had, I had self-loathing issues because I tried too hard to fit in with other people and I would dress mm-hmm. a certain way and I would talk a certain way and I would do things a certain way. And because mm-hmm. I wasn't authentic to myself, I ended up hating myself because when I wasn't around them, I was in my own company and all I had was me. So I wouldn't know, I wasn't performing for nobody. You know what I'm saying? You know, and I think most people really kind of go through that at one point or another, you know, and some people hide it better than others in some way, mm-hmm. you know, that um, it's hard to like for a lot of people to some of the times they don't even notice it doing it. <laughs> right. Yeah, true. Yeah, man. Don't you know, know and I think like it's a certain level of kind of self-dissection that is needed to be able to like look at yourself and be like you know what your purpose is you know because your purpose has always been there but it's you know you just try you just haven't um made put two and two together you gotta unravel that joint because like i said if you had if you had told me when i was 18 that this was what i would be doing i i wouldn't believe you I wouldn't because like my first off my my area of expertise like I said was always video games I I was from as long as young as I can remember I was saying when I get older I want to make video games and then when I finally went to school to make video games and I took the classes I was like what this is what we do nah and I <laughs> and when I switched majors then you hit that fork in a row like well what do I do now I've been saying this all this time and then <laughs> You, you got to You got to put the pieces together. Then you start figuring out, well, what do I like? What do I like doing? Like, what yeah. am I good at? You know what I'm saying? And at that time it wasn't, I wasn't good at music, but I had an interest in it. And I had these little, little things I would be involved in where I was able to advance to get to the point where I am now. Yeah. And like my story, it, it, it's not a race. Like it's not about a race to being famous or, or money. I like, I want to be wealthy. Don't get it twisted. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I ain't got to be dumb rich to where I'm buying cheetahs and stuff, but I do want to have enough to where, I have a legacy for my family and I can take care of my family from this point forward. But I also want to have an abundance of it to which I can give back. Cause I do, I do believe in being a philanthropist. I do believe in philanthropy. I do want to help those who can't help themselves. Cause like what Tupac said in an interview, it makes no sense how somebody over here could have a billion bajillion dollars, but then there's somebody on the corner or at the base, at the bottom of the building that this bajillionaire is at, that's asking for, for change. Like mm-hmm. it's mind blowing. You know what I'm saying? So uh like to me that that resonated with me and i was like let me just try to help people and not like yeah. without being suckered at the same yeah. time you know and i think like it goes beyond just like the money aspect too like you can help people by in so many different ways you know i think we get very um locked in in kind of our society that oh i can really only really help somebody you know financially in a way. No, 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 I'm not saying that. Not me personally. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying like in just in general, like a lot of people I feel like see that they kind of like pigeonholed. It's almost kind of like a cop out in a sense. So, you know, like what how can I help these people that I don't know? I can't I don't know what their their story is or anything like their whole the complexity of all these different situations, you know, how do I even approach that in a sense without, you know, from a financial point of view. Mm. You know, and I think like there's so many different ways that you can um, go about, you know, bringing that type of um, 
help to other people, whether that's just a couple of words, yep. whether that's, you know, a gem of knowledge, you know, cause there's been stuff that's been said to me when I was a teenager that, you know, I still remember to this day, yep. you know, that were, you know, priceless bits of knowledge from mostly, you know, some of it was from relatively people in passing, you know, more acquaintances, you know, some of the OGs, you know, they would just, you know, give you, say something real quick to you after, you know, you, you're talking to them about something and, you know, sometimes it doesn't automatically click right then and there either. You know, you hear it and you're like, okay, cool. You know, whatever, you know, go about your day. And then, you know, weeks, months, years set on, you're like, damn, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that, that shit, it's clicking. Now. I get it now. I, I, it resonates a lot better at this point now. Yeah, once you start, yeah, you start getting them grown folk problems. You gotta, you gotta look up to them OGs, man. Uh, and like you said, like it's good. That's why. That's why I'm like in in a in a social setting. I'm able to talk to people, but naturally I'm introverted. Like I'm a caveman. Mm. Like like I don't call people, but it's not because I don't mess with people or I don't love people. It's just that me, I'm the type of guy I have to remind myself to eat something because I don't think about it. So it's like if I don't if I don't think about eating for myself. So it's just like, no wonder I get mad that I don't call mom or I don't hear from mom for weeks because yeah. I got to remind myself to even eat. And I'm not using that as an excuse. I'm like, that's like, really, that's shame on me. I, I I do take practices and try to be more conscious and reaching out to people. But what I'm getting at is like um, me being introverted, it, it granted me, even though I had like, like moments where I felt lonely a lot until I learned to appreciate the solitude. At that time, I hated it. Um, but the the bright side of that is I was able to observe human behavior and mm. just like observe how, you know, what what type of people for me personally to avoid from because I know we wouldn't be compatible. We wouldn't click because if they were just wilding out and just super egotistical and me just being cool and mellow headed and they'll come to me with that and my response to it might just just cause a, a conflict like because mm -hmm. I'm not going to entertain it. And if I entertain it, it's going to be stupid. So yeah. it's like just learning all of that those bits and pieces of wisdom was just like given to me from just experiencing that. It's not like, no, Oh, I'm just smart. I just get it. I think I was just gifted with the ability to just sit down with my mouth shut long enough and just watch something play out to say like, Oh, this is like an equation. This is two plus two. If these two type of people are, are clicked up together, then these types of results are going to happen. I should probably leave out of this room mm -hmm. or, or these two are great and these are inspiring folks. I can learn something from them. I'll sit there and talk to them and, and pick up things off of them. But it, it, it's, it's just in passing, like you said, like that's, that's essential. Like um, I think that's super underrated because that, that serves as, as minuscule of the experience as it is, it's still mentorship and mentorship mm -hmm. is something that I strongly believe that everyone needs, especially men. Like, that stuff is super Definitely. underrated in our community because like you said it's some things that i remember experiencing when i was a kid now are you talking to somebody who could forget something he said 20 minutes ago <laughs> the fact that i can remember a certain guy by his name and i could describe to you what he looked like and just something that we 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 did or haven't had an exchange in in mm -hmm. sixth grade it just shows you the effects of mentorship like some of the most memorable things that I remember, whether it was funny or wise or et cetera, was just from someone who was older or from a place of, of let me give you some game. You know what I'm saying? Just like when we was in sixth grade and we was running around and we was just learning to smell ourselves and getting into like, like 
you know, getting into liking girls and all of that, like like getting into, you know, yeah. oh yeah, girls is fine now because before yeah. it's like, oh girl, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It was it was a, a dude from the military that came in and taught us. He was like, man, y'all your little young boys running around in here. Y'all all hot. He was like, I need to get up. And he was like, lift up your nutsack and wash your ass. <laughs> like, the way the way he did it. And then like he, he was he was animated the way he did it. He like <laughs> act like he was lifting it up and scrubbing it. And my homie was like, I never forget. My homie was dying laughing. And I had missed that day. But when he came in and told me that, even though I wasn't physically there, the fact that it was from the words of an OG, it still resonates with me to this day. Like, that's why, like, even when I shower now, when I wash there, I'm lifting and I'm washing <laughs> just like that. I ain't going to cheat and come around the back. You know what I'm saying? You got to go in the way that I was taught to go in. <laughs> but, but yeah, man, if this, that, that's, that's all part of the mentorship, like, it, when you plant that seed, it don't always grow right away. You know what I'm saying? But the the the, the point is, is to plant it. Let that person decide if they're going to water it and watch it grow. Yeah. Because you'll look back one day, once once some situations start happening, the rain starts falling in your life, and then they start growing anyway. Like, the mm-hmm. seed falls, it's like, oh, man, I remember, like, you know, such and such. He was trying to tell me this this whole time. And, and you know, I had to learn the hard way because now you got the rainfall when you could have just poured the water yourself from a little bucket. You know, yeah. but eventually it sprouts out. But yeah. yeah, no, I think you really like hit the nail on the head with the the mentorship aspect, especially when it comes to men. You know, because mm-hmm. I think that's really, I think that's most of the issues like that we have in this world at the moment is the lack of real kind of masculine mentorship. Mm-hmm. It's something that you know you can look up to that can provide, you know, real sort of. um provide that real kind of masculine energy and not like the the kind of the off-brand masculinity that we're sold today you know the fucking um you know the macho fucking chasing ass 24 7 you know all yeah, that, that shit trash. yeah that toxic yeah, yeah that's garbage that's you know and but and these are what the kids are being taught yeah and that's misleading because that that sometimes that discourages men from being men Mm-hmm. because some people in their head i know it ain't you it ain't me and it sounds ridiculous to some people that that might think like us but there's somebody somewhere that somebody I, I i have a philosophy in life that somebody has to be that person and in this case somebody has to be the person that's like when you come across that guy that's like yeah you gotta do 500 pushes a day you gotta drink beer and you gotta look after chicks and da, 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 da. somebody gonna some it's some kid that's sitting there like well, i don't think about that stuff I must be gay. I must. And then like their, their mind wanders because it's like this person is saying it like it's Bible. And mm-hmm. because your DNA, the way that you're, you're mentally set up, you don't think about that. You think something's wrong with you. And then when you think something's wrong with you, you carry out a totally different mission. And mm-hmm. then you end up like, who knows where? And it's not necessarily just a sexual thing. Like a dude could just mislead people into other guys into just getting themselves into trouble. Like, yeah, you know, you know, and you know, you one woman. What do you mean you want one woman? You need to be out here trying to sell your oats as much as you can. Like it's dudes out here that's 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 selling that as game. Like yeah, don't don't take these chicks serious because they just gonna break your heart. Blah blah blah. Based off of his experience or mm-hmm. what his beliefs are, and it's like that. That's why that's why I'm saying like mentorship is extremely important and it's underrated because you have so much power just in your words. You know that kid don't know what you experience to to get to where you are, where you're telling him what you're telling him today. But all he know is, is that you're older than him and you've been here longer than him. And he must've seen something that you did to him that was cool 
for him to even give you his ears. Mm. So it's just like you have to be mindful of how powerful of a tool that is. Because my analogy with kids is it's just like buying a brand new computer. Us being as old as we are, we're computers that has been around for years and we've acquired all these files. We've downloaded all these apps. We've experienced all of these things. We got all these cookies and all this data in our stuff. So we can't remember like like our our, our hard drives are packed with mm-hmm. all of this this stuff running at once. And that's why we have like health, like mental issues and things like that, because all of this, all these programs is running. But when you got this kid that all he knows is what you expose to him it's a brand new computer like when you mm-hmm. cut a brand new computer on the moment that you open up google google is now a program that runs in it it's, it's, it's part of that memory now it's random yeah. access memory and then when you run uh when you download something off google and the next thing you download off google all of these things all of these steps it's part of a historical database that's being layered on top of each other so that child is super vulnerable because if you tell them that you're a you're put <laughs> here to kill these type of people that kid is going to take that too hard Mm -hmm. you're an adult you know that that's not true because based off your experience but that kid don't know that so that kid Mm -hmm. gonna think if you if you justify it and make it believable he's gonna grow up thinking that that is really the way that you and that's why we have like people that's running around here doing crazy stuff now because they come from these households where you know we don't know what what the discussions there sounded like we don't know if it was any yeah. mentorship at all if anything or who they looked up to some people their daddy was the television like, mm-hmm. no for <laughs> real i think that's most me. people at this like and i feel like i'm kind of like on edge about this new generation that's coming up and i know like you sound like grumpy old man i don't know about this other old generation <laughs> but um no like the the screens you know 24 7 you know at that age you know the the constant like i know what's on the internet like I've been through that. That was like my childhood, like growing up for what shit you can get on the internet. And the thing is, is that like, I know the damage that did to my generation. (laughs) I know what that did, you know, I mean, it's rife with so many things, you know, like, and I think like a lot of it is a people get lost in the noise of it all. Mm -hmm. You know, they get lost in the, Oh, what about this? Or I got to be that, or I'm I'm supposed to be this, or I got this or that, or like all these different like expectations of like what is supposed to be that they just can't sit in the moment and just be instead of thinking what's supposed to be. Yeah, ideals and all of that, and then you start getting into politics, and then you start getting into religion. All these man-made things that's crafted that divides us, you know when. Like you said, if you just if you just had two children, one black, one white, babies, they grow up together. They don't know nothing. I don't think that that baby gonna hate that other one because of that. Like mm-hmm. that that is structured, but naturally we just are going to try to survive as best we can. If we gotta come together as a pack, we're gonna do that. And like people who have a brain understands that that's not trying to manipulate somebody. That's just really about like the the human race. Mm-hmm. They understand that like like we're there we're 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 smart we're the most intelligent on this planet but we're pretty dumb still on the <laughs> scale of intelligence like for real like mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure if there are aliens there's a reason why we don't see them and that's because they know that we're dumb enough to do something stupid where we will be our own demise like we're yep. working on that now like yeah. why do we build nuclear weapons yeah 
Sounds you pretty self-terminating I mean? to me. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's, it's silly. It's, it's like we are such intelligent creatures, but we we use the tools to do the dumbest things. Like we have a smartphone, right? But we use smartphone to do the dumbest stuff. Like mm-hmm. you go on there. I mean, if you want to look at some entertainment, that's cool. You want to laugh, that's cool. But moderate that. Like yeah, you got to delegate the time. Yeah, at least have this like like at least an hour and a half, two hours of time for something strictly educational. Because mm-hmm. there's no reason why you got the newest phone or you stay or you that person that keep up with the newest phones like every year you got to have a new phone. And then like you go through your history and it's just garbage in there. You just worried about like like celebrity gossip or or, you know, who's dating who or, you know, what's yeah, the new just or what's just mush. Yeah, and then if like I ask you about your financial literacy, you like, man, what the heck is equity? <laughs> it's like, bro, no, like that's not it. Like, all you gotta do, like equity, like just Google, just Google equity definition, yep. bam, instant results. Just research that. I'm not trying to be a teacher or be a preacher about it, but it's like that's something I have to hammer into my own head too. I'm not telling mm-hmm. anybody that from the sense like I'm there, like I'm part of that struggle too. Like I'm not the most financially literate person. It's a bunch of stuff that still intimidate me and slows me down from getting into it. But I'm the type of person I know eventually when I don't have anything else to do, I will get myself into something. Like I was mm-hmm. like, oh, let me, what, what is that? Like, what is that word? Like I have a vocabulary app on my phone, like every day. If it pops up on my phone and it's a word that I've never seen before, I, it, it piques my curiosity. I don't run mm. from that because it's just like, man, what the heck is a panjandrum? Like <laughs> people don't know what a panjandrum is, which by the way, panjandrum is a person of influence or claims to have influence. So mm. it's kind of like in hood terms is a person who's a big deal or <laughs> that's a big deal. So yeah, like panjandrum is a legit word, y'all. Look it up. It's yeah. on it was on my vocabulary app, but yeah, no, I think the the education part is like incredibly important. That instead of like, you know, like how we were hitting on like the constantly creating aspect, I think that one of the best aspects along with the constantly creating is constantly learning. Mm-hmm. You know, educating yourself in some way that way you can provide, you can create to the best of your ability. Yep, that's true. And then you can create and learn from what you even creating just because of the experimentation. Yep. You know, that's why I say like just being in the moment. Sometimes you like it's I can't tell you how many times and I'm pretty sure you've done it plenty of times, too, where you hit the wrong note, but the wrong note is the right note mm-hmm. or you 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 click and drag a loop and you think it's one loop, but it's a different loop. But you're like, oh, this one is this one is hitting, too. Yeah, oh, this is tight. And then it just opens up the doorway or you, you will accidentally have automation and running tempo up. And then it's the next thing you know, that's the best transition you've ever made. It's like <laughs> it, it, those, those two coexist like creation and learning because it's interchangeable. Cause like through learning, you can create cause now you can apply what you learn. Mm-hmm. And then like through creating, you can learn certain things just through the practicality of it within itself. Like, you know, you have to, I can read about what compression is, all I want but if I don't try to apply it I'm not I'm not like I learn what it is like technically but yeah. practically I still don't know what it is like I have to get my hands on it I have to be like you said you gotta slam the knob up to be like oh and then slam it back this way and then try to find a bet and then you just got to keep doing like little workshops like that you got to keep training yourself training your ears and and racking your brain that's what I say that's the part where it's like being grateful for the bad parts because 
a lot of people get discouraged because they don't want to go through the tediousness of what it is that we do. Like I said, like me, just they want the instant results. Exactly. You know, and I think that that's part of the, 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 the kind of the, the screen culture Mm -hmm. of things that it's very like, the thing is, is that like with social media and how things are portrayed as life, life in our society is very, you know, one or two dimensional. You know, they see the, what they, most people see is like, take a movie, for example, say like it's a biopic of somebody's life. They see all the, the important parts, you know, like say, like if you were to run through Michael Jordan's life from, you know, point A to point Z every single second of the way, you know, you would think he was the the biggest basketball player that ever lived, but you how much of the, the time of when he was, say, 13 to 20, 24 would be really entertaining to you? You would be sitting him, seeing him just shoot free throws for fucking seven, eight hours straight, you know, just, just shooting. <laughs> that's not entertaining. You know, that's not what, you know, the glory of the greatest basketball player of all time doesn't seem to entail that you know to the gen- a kid say for example they see like oh he's just this talented amazing guy you know i want to be something like that someday and they don't put the two and two together that if they saw the the underbelly of what made that man the man he is they would be like holy shit what the fuck i can't do that. i don't want to do that <laughs> you know? It's definitely discouraging yeah when you gotta yeah but but i think that's the beauty of the dichotomy of it i'm glad that we were made that way it sucks mm-hmm. but because to me it just if i just woke up one day and i knew all the chords and i knew everything without having to go through the the the, the phases and the struggles and the journey it wouldn't feel good like it yeah. just wouldn't feel right Cause it's like that. That's just that naturally humans having the grass is greener on the other side thing. But then when you realize when you get to the other side, it's another side, yep. and it's another, and it's infinite. And sometimes you'll go to the other side, and then you'll be looking back at the side you just came from, and it's like, bro, <laughs> nostalgia, like, man. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it's like you 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 gotta you gotta just be willing to work for whatever it is that you're doing. Cause if it comes to you too easy, and then you're you can get content. And then when mm-hmm. you get content, you become stagnant. And that that right there is a danger zone within itself. Yeah. You can harm you, you can harm yourself because you stunt your growth. Cause now you don't want to grow. You think you got it going on, you got it all figured out, yada, yada, yada. And then you can't be the best you that you can be if you don't like in, in the music realm, if I'm not messing around trying to figure out like I'm on my I'm on my thing right now where I'm like I'm kind of comfortable where I'm at and I'm just going in here and just doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Even in that, ever so often, I'll sprinkle, like I said, learning the scales. I'll play around with the scales because I'll get bored if I'm just doing the same thing every time. If I'm just chopping something or if I'm playing the same chords, I'll get frustrated with myself. So that part of me just makes me want to learn something else. It's like, all right, I need something else as a challenge. I got to get started knocking out these things that that collectively all together to me was an intimidating struggle that I just didn't want to do. I would cower away from. It's like, now I can start making these uh setting them in, into uh tangible goals to achieve mm. and then once you look back you like every ever so often you look back and be like man like i really came a long way because even like i said between january and now like my beats sonically are completely different 
I didn't even made a drum pack. Like it's so much going on here. Like I've made a template drum pack and just all of this stuff achieve over the course of months. So imagine what you can do if you just put your nose to the grindstone and, and just say like, let's get it. Like, let's do it. Let's have fun. Let's not worry about, you know, the numbers right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Cause some people get that it, because it's their time to have it. You yep. know what I'm saying? It's, that person did whatever they had to do to get it. They might not have had to work as hard as you, but you keep working hard because if you got to work at a certain level to get there, then that's your ticket. Their ticket might not have been as easy and you don't know what the turnaround for theirs is. They might not have to work as hard, but they might not be in the, in the light for as long as you might be. Yeah. They may not. Or they could have had a way worse, you know, upbringing than you in their way like this is their kind of limelight moment because of like all the shit from before yeah and it's like the variables you got to consider the variables you you're not gonna be the next cat i'm not i'm not gonna be sitting here uh we both got plates i'm looking at the food on your plate like that just looks mm-hmm. silly to me like i'm gonna go ahead and eat from my plate my whether my portion is bigger smaller or whatever as long as it can get me full which this will, if I, if I know it's going to get me full, why would I sit there and worry about what you got on your plate? My food yeah. good. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Let me go ahead and do what I got to do and, and figure out how to get this next meal. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's just the way I look at it. No, for real. You know, I think like, even still, like, I think one of the, the interesting things for me that it's, it's really kind of like a discipline aspect, you know, it's just, and this kind of goes back to the mentorship part like to be able to have that sort of self-discipline is really the key to it all mm-hmm. yep. you know to be able to say you know what you're saying like make these milestones and hit them you know and not stop and not just kind of throw up your hands just oh whatever fuck it aspect of it or like i didn't get this many this much as interaction as i wanted this must not be going the way it's meant to go so you know whatever fuck it you know Mm. you know in that self-discipline aspect you know and i find like for me really um one of the big aspects that helped me kind of with the self-discipline is that you know my fitness over the past couple of years has kind of come up and down in waves and shit like that and within the past you know month i've hit it really heavy but before that it was kind of like a building up point that um i would just kind of start small and then you know work your way up to to where you kind of want to be and i found like really my um where it clicked with a self discipline for me was in the fitness realm you know and that's something that i feel like anybody can do with the like even if you like you don't have like the biggest nicest studio whatever your purpose may be you know there's always some ways you can train yourself the with these skills and with these values outside of oh i don't have this thing or i don't have that thing or you know whatever the case you know x insert x that um there's always a way to kind of train yourself in these values that are kind of universal that expand to all different skill sets and all different walks of life. True. True, man. I like, I like that analogy because it's, I can't tell you how many, how many people go to the gym and I, and it is me and me included. I ain't gonna lie. Cause I was, I'll be going to the gym in phases and then I stopped going. But I remember 
like when I was younger and I was just like in my head, it was it was an ego thing. I would go in like Planet Fitness, for example. I'll go in there and lift some weights. Like I hit the weights and and when it comes to gauging realistic, setting realistic uh goals for yourself, you know what I'm saying? Like you don't want to try to be sitting there lifting 35 pound dumbbells when you know you max out at 20 yeah because it's like you might be able to lift it and you're like all right i got it i got it but if you got a regimen where you're doing three sets of 15 that then by the end of it you're doing more damage than you're doing good for yourself yeah because you're so focused on uh trying to look like you can do this when you really can't and it's like mm-hmm. if you can't it's okay it's all right to be vulnerable you got to be vulnerable with yourself because when everybody else is gone, that's all you got, bro. So yep. make sure you're doing it in a in a way that you're gonna be maxing out the efficiency for yourself, so that you can be the best version, the most strongest version of yourself. You got to work yourself, work your way up. And you said you hit the nail on the head with the the discipline. Like you got to be disciplined enough to say, "All right, man. Like I really want to do this fifty, but I know I'm gonna hurt myself if I do this. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's it's causing more damage than it is good. So let me work. Yeah, my take way that discipline and take it into. Okay, I want to do this, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna say break it down into instead of doing it right now and possibly hurting myself, mm-hmm. break it down into two weeks. Yep. You know, this day I'll start with this weight and this many reps and sets. Next time I come in, I'll try to bump that up just a little bit. Not jump, make a major jump, but just a little bit. And then next time after that, bump it up just a little bit. You know, and after that, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you're at that that 50, 50 pounds. Yeah, that, and then when you, when you cut it by them little increments, it all adds up to that big old gauge. Yep. So it's just like, man, I came in, man, I was pushing 20, and now I'm at 50 because you didn't try to jump from 20 to 50. It was like, like you said, 20, and then you did 20. You might did 22 days out the week. Then that mm-hmm. third day, you're like, all right, I'm going to try 25. Close out, close out the week on 25. Man, man, it sucks, but, you know, I'm going to stay dedicated. Then yep. you come in. That next week you might do 30 and be like, all right, let me back it back down to 25. Let me be humble for a minute. And then you hit 30 the next day. And then you just work your way up. You know what I'm saying? Like setting realistic expectations. Cause back, like I said, in 2019, if I came out swinging, like, Oh, I want to show, I want to, I want to start getting charged for shows like off jump, like before June or whatever, I would have been discouraged and I wouldn't have been doing it because I'd have been like questioning myself, like, well, what's wrong with me? Like, why is people not doing it? And it's just because it wasn't my time because mm-hmm. I wasn't, I didn't set a realistic goal for myself. I didn't take the time to like work out the chops and network and meet the right people to put me in that position. And then because I gave myself a realistic goal, I did those things and I did it in half the time. So it made me, uh, it reinforced the belief in myself and it made me feel good. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it shows on paper, like, bro, like you, you did it. <laughs> freaking great so imagine if i'd have said something like yeah with them but you don't want to set it too far back because then you'll be stagnant because yeah. i don't want to say then like oh, i'm gonna give myself three years because then you'll just be like oh that yeah. it's, well, some, it's always the, the kind of saying the sometimes tomorrow can turn into never yeah so you gotta you gotta set realistic goals and 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 be looking look forward to the struggle and embrace yeah. the struggle i like the part I like the part now when I struggle because when I figure it out and you have that eureka moment, I don't know about you, but I get so 
excited when I finally reached that breakthrough point. Like when mm. I finally understood how compression worked and then I applied it and then hearing the sound, like those three things in compound with each other, I was so geek, bro. Like <laughs> you don't understand. Like when I was like learning chords and doing my first compositional piece, like I'd be so geek when I'm like, I didn't know that that's how that, re- what? And then you go in and it's just like, oh, it's over with. When you get yeah. when that all is over with attitude, once you, I don't know how to, how to explain that, that confidence, that burst of confidence, like, oh, I'm about to tear this up. That's, that's what I live for. Like, I didn't know. That's why I love education too. Like, like education in, in things that I have interest in is like, what is that? What? This, what this is? Hmm. Interesting. You make that, the, the, that connection and it just clicks like, oh, no shit yeah that is. dude like i live for that i live for that like that's probably my favorite thing like i look forward to that more than any material thing in life it's like even if it's a material thing like just that idea of because mm. it's like it's been games i play where i'll be struggling stuck on something and i figure out like what you could change job classes that's all you have to do what and then you like because you slip through this door and then you see the 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 like the room is like 50 times bigger than it was like the uh yeah when you when you break when you've just been sitting here stuck and you hit your head on a ceiling you keep jumping and jumping and jumping and then you finally figured out like okay if i just push my neck out in the, at the end of the jump and you bust your head through the ceiling and you look and it's like a whole nother room it's like to me i'm so excited because it's like oh my god look at this uncharted territory i'm about to explore bro like i'm going crazy yeah so i don't know like i don't know that's the thing that make me tick like that just that that eureka moment that when that mm. light bulb goes off is is um um i'm, I'm no other feeling like it yeah i'm giddy like y'all like people who like to party and drink and stuff like to me it's like when i'm sitting there and i'm like oh yeah bro. like like them templates like when i figured out them <laughs> templates i figured out them <laughs> templates bro i was like oh it is over with 10 yeah. 10 minute beats now last 10 minute beats i hop on live and be like what's up y'all how y'all doing yeah i'm gonna whip this up yeah 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 it's been cool y'all i'll catch y'all later I'm gonna <laughs> mix it. i might mix it for like 25 minutes but like i would say like 10 of the 25 minutes is just me just vibing out just listening to it yeah yeah, yeah no for true <laughs> yeah, but um no kind of um oh, i was gonna go off on a tangent there lost it Sorry, man. My, That's like, you know, not coming back. My, pardon me, man. My cat back here chewing my socks, bro. Hey, <laughs> he do this thing like he he don't like, I don't know. We going on a tangent, guys. Forgive me. But I got to, I got to, always got to talk about this. So, King is my son, the cat. Uh, <laughs> he has this thing. He likes chewing socks, not just any socks. He likes chewing particularly my socks between me and my wife. And not just my socks, but particularly my clean socks, not my dirty ones. And he does this thing. He'll grab my socks and he'll chew on them. And then he'll like play predator prey. He'd be slapping it around, chewing on it. If you don't rip a hole in it, eventually he tries to wash my sock. So he takes it to his water dish and dunks the socks in there. That's weird. <laughs> I wake up in the morning and it's like a, I always clump my, my socks in, in together. Like I lump them up in the mm-hmm. balls or two. And I wake up in the morning, it's just a, a sopping wet sock. And then I bop them with it. Honestly, I'm, <laughs> I'm not I'm not abusing the guy. I'm, you know, I'm just, you know, 
be like, oh, you want to wet the sock? Oh, you must want to play catch. <laughs> he scrambles up out of there. But yeah, he just had a little cameo and the wife popped up earlier. So <laughs> yeah, man, shout out to y'all. Y'all the real ones in life and keen. Love y'all. But yeah, man. Yeah, good man. Eureka moments. Gee whiz. Oh yeah, now I remember what I was going to say. You just clicked right back in. Yeah, no, like that, that Eureka moment. I like there's no better feeling like for me when I hop in the car and the mix just hits right. Like the mix I've been working on, like, and really like going hard on and just trying to get it to sound just the way I looked at it and envisioned it to be. Dude, you pop that in, you hit play and it fucking clicks oh and you're just gosh. like, ah, yes, and there you go. I tell you what, and my thing is, my thing is the car test. And it's I, it, every time that I bounce something out, like that track I bounced out before I jumped in here, mm-hmm. it's like opening a Christmas present. Yeah. Like you don't know what's in it. It's just rapping and you just pray that it was what you was asking for. And you go in there, like you said, get in the car, turn it on, wait for the Bluetooth to sync up. You hit play on a song and you just sit there in anticipation. Like, and, and <laughs> sometimes it turns out right. Sometimes it don't turn out right. But lately I've been more more i've been less hard on myself mix wise and i'm not leaning on like i don't consider myself lo-fi i mean some people kind of they do you know it is what it is but it's just some people call it lo-fi just because they just don't want to mix it (laughs) and i don't i don't i don't do either i'm not i'm not considering myself lo-fi and then i'm not super hard on my mixes either but my stuff i can see why people would consider it lo-fi because i'm not pushing it to be high fidelity either yeah a certain tone and and warmness that i like i particularly wanted so i was like i remember when we were first doing the side chain thing and i would mention in the zoom calls that like i'm trying to get this warmth and i'm trying to get this warmth and i found out like what uh that was a recent eureka moment was understanding the um parallel compression and i was just like because i used to see the word and the phrase all the time but I was so strung out. I was so nervous because I'm like, man, I barely even know what regular compression is. What the heck is this? I'm not messing with no p- parallel compression. That sounds complex. But then when I finally like sat down and watched the video and read about like what it is, I was like, oh, so you can get some get some meat up under them drums with that. And then when I actually applied, I'm like, oh man, I've been robbing myself all this time. Yeah, right. I'm Game like, changer. I've been robbing myself all this time and then when i got into like when drums started talking about buses and i started making buses i'm like man i'm the bus driver around here it is yes, over man. with oh my god you should see my pro tools template bro my oh pro my tools god. template for mixing it's <laughs> i got buses on buses i got i got a fleet bro i got you got a, du- you got a double decker <laughs> i got a fleet of buses bro <laughs> hey i feel it bro you gotta have a tour bus a whole tour bus entourage going, man. Hey, but I think I remember you. Um, we was in the in the Discord and somebody asked about some tips as far as like vocal mix, and I remember you explained Joe Chain, and I was looking at it, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, this man know what he's talking about, bro." I don't know, like I, I, you went into it. I was like, only thing I know about, I do a little bit of compression, side chain compression on the on the on the track, and I do some DS, and if it's super sissy. Yeah. And uh, other than that, like, I don't do too much because what I've learned when I was younger is I was trying to put effects on everything. Mm. And sometimes you can you can kill Let your it by over mixing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of the time, like most of the tracks, you know, that I fuck with um, mostly like 
in some cases, like I like to keep it minimal, but in others I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, like some things, like it depends on kind of where I source the stuff from, you know, or where it really came from. Um, but like when it comes to like vocals, like the vocal chain stuff is like I usually use that on like just freshly recorded stuff. You know, like acapellas and stuff like that, I keep it simple. Okay. You know, I'll throw a little bit of EQ compression and maybe a little bit of saturation if I can send it off. Okay. But um, when it comes to like a freshly like recorded vocals um, with somebody, that's when I get really in depth because, man, vocals were the hardest thing for me to learn how to mix, dude. I swear. Me too. I think I think that's everybody because you're not used to. We used to doing instrumentals as a as a beat maker, unless you yeah. started off like with a with a homie, like y'all started at the same time and you made a beat and he recorded. Like that mm-hmm. would probably be different because you're already doing the whole package. But for someone yeah. like in, in our case, I don't know how long it was it's been before you started having people reach out to you, like, hey, let's do something. But for me, it was years mm-hmm. before it got to a point where they were sending me stamps. Usually I would yeah. send them the beat and then they would just send me the finished sound or whatever. So mm-hmm. it got to a point when they started sending me stuff, and I'm like, Oh, so I can't. I don't just like adjust the level because this, this, that, that ain't working. This ain't hitting right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it, it, it's just gonna be uncharted territory for cats unless y'all was already in alliance. Then off rip. Yeah, and it's I noted like the difference why vocals are so much more difficult for me is that um or were were difficult is that you know in most songs you know the vocals always so- sound. You know, the the vocals always have this certain level of quality to them. Yeah. You know, no matter what. And when it comes to, like, the drums or the other instruments of it, you know, those can be a little grimy and gritty or they don't have to be, like, as polished up nicely mm-hmm. as, you know, the main front of the song, which is the, the vocals, the lyrics. Yeah. And so, like, getting those vocals just right to where they would be like professional sounding, you know, was a headache. You know, I for the better part of, I had this um, senior project that I was working on um, that I was putting my head through the desk trying to get the vocals right. <laughs> like there was this one track that I probably did, oh God, a total of at least, 10 mixing sessions 10 just start from scratch and basically i'd take the beat and the vocals and you know i'd go listen to it in the car listen to it you know i'd print it at least you know three or four times and just little tweaks and then just like fuck it i'm just starting from the starting from the top again yeah because and i've gotten and that's where i really kind of broke into the you know setting up and being in the right state of mind to mix because it's like every little thing you do when you're in that flow state of things and what you're noticing and what you're picking up and all this stuff with the mix that you work through it in certain ways and that if you were in another state of mind you might not have picked up on this thing or you might not have said or noticed a certain thing or done it in this sort of way mm-hmm. so like i have like i think i still have like a folder of like a bunch of different mixes that were like all all sorts of different sound and you go listen to them in the car and they all sound different like all the way through it's the same track same instrument same everything same recording same vocals 
but they all sound different. Dynamically, yeah. Yeah, and, and not just, uh, oh, this is a little brighter, this is a little darker, but in drastic ways. Like, yeah, yeah. ways I was actually surprised of, like, looking back at it, like, going listening to them, like, back to back to back. You know, I'm just, it really kind of clicked that, oh, my God, like, how different this is and how my choices that I went through each of these processes made the final outcome be. Like, mm-hmm. damn, I got I to gotta kind of rein this in a little bit. <laughs> You know, because I want a certain quality or a certain... I want to know what I'm going for when I'm starting the mix. Right. And so just having that sort of repetition of, you know, basically failing, <laughs> in my mind anyway, you know, not up to par to where I want, to, want it to be, that just doing that over and over again and realizing, you know, like what each of my decisions I'm making is actually doing to it as a whole you know, really opened my eyes outside of the, oh, I'll just throw EQ on this, fucking cut this out, you know, throw a compressor over here and fucking turn the release up this way. It, it started making me see from like a bigger picture of the, 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 of sonically, like as everything as a whole, like how all the pieces come together as a whole. And that's when, that's where I became the, you know, the, having the fleet of buses. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, "This is a very intricate process. Yeah, it must be. It must be accommodated for." Yeah, and so I figured out, you know, like all the little ins and outs of like you know certain parallel processing, you know, parallel saturation, compression. How to use those? Which ones to use them? Should I use? Should I group these together and do the parallel processing, or should I just do parallel processing on this sing- this one signal? You know, and so it de- it kind of evolved into this kind of like layered system going up the tracks you know like i would basically i'd have the single channel ones at the bottom and then i evolved that into the uh the parallel channels then i got the group channels and then you got the master channels and then well i'm sorry i forgot the effects channels you got the group channels the effects channels and then the master channels sheesh and so it, it, it just grew into this, you know, monster, you know, from what I originally started with it, I would have been like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to being able to be like, okay, I know. And I get it. Like my Pro Tools template is specifically set out to like how I approach the mix. Like I start with the low end and the drums, go to the instruments, the vocals, parallel processing, mm. the group buses, the effects and then master buses and then print wow and that's how i figured it out like after so much trial and error i figured out you know with the way i think about this stuff and the way i how i approach these mixes that this is the best method that i've got the best results from yeah trial and error man you found that and when you were saying like that you failed all those times that's technically that's part of what built up to the win though yeah like like all like research like all these medicines and stuff they're all results of failed experiments and you yep. just found the one that didn't fail because you're you don't really fail until you don't try you're a guaranteed failure when you don't try but when you try you're going to fail in increments but ultimately if you keep trying eventually you can win it if, if yep. the the variables are right so yeah, I mean, for real. Kudos to that. And I, I'm right there with you. I've had tracks where I was like, I could not get it to sound the way that I had heard it in my head. 
or I'll get one portion of it to sound right. Like I was like, okay, mm -hmm. mix one is like, all right, the lows are a little bit too dominant. Like it's not bright enough. It sounds a little flat on the on the high end side. So I'll tweak the high end side, but then the high end side be tweaked, but then the low end side is sound weak. And then I'll try to like balance out in the middle and I'm like, oh man, I just ball the whole mix up and throw it away. <laughs> and like, like, we gotta get another one in here. Yep. And another thing is also, uh, I forgot when I watched the video, but I remember Kanye West was talking about, this was way after graduation. I think this was around when Jesus was out. He mm. was talking about, they still were mixing stronger, bro. Like they were, cause his ear, like he's so particular. Mm -hmm. And he, it just every time he listened to it, he was bugged out by it. But he was like, man, he had like dozens, dozens of mixes for Stronger, bro. Like, yeah, I believe it. I remember watching like the making of the beat when he had went, he had went to Timbaland just because he wanted a particular drum that I guess at the time only Timbaland had. Like it was a kick drum. Mm. He was like, yeah, you need, you need to get this little kick in there. Just give it that extra thump because, you know, Kanye is known as a curator. He always reach out and, and he's a believer that, you know, everybody's part of the team. Like Kanye West is not at this point, it's safe to say creatively, he's not just Kanye West is just one guy. Like, yeah, it's kind of like how flying Lotus is like flying Lotus is, is Steven Ellison, of course, but is, but it's also, when I think of flying Lotus, I think automatically Thundercat is going to be somewhere in the picture. Cause after, after 1983, once he basically started doing like Cosmogramma and stuff, anything like most of the tracks that had bass in it was Thundercat. Mm. but it was always listed as flying lotus he was just in the credits you know what i'm yeah. saying like it, it's like the curation of it travis scott same deal like travis scott mm -hmm. is a, a excellent curator he'll go in there and and put together the perfect team and of, of producers and writers or whatever to, to come yeah. out with and i think it go it goes even further than like i think like to a certain degree like sidechain society is that to a degree you know what i mean like there's it might not be like hey i just like check out this snare like let me get that snare from you or like specific stuff like that but it's more of a um like community of like-minded people that you know can bounce ideas back and forth yeah you know yeah, like in having you know because there's even been a number of you know um sample folders that people have dropped that I'm still just fucking dipping into every once in a while like when I'm just kind of running dry on finding something just like oh let's check this folder out fucking yeah, dip through that fucking, and pull those out and you know just be like oh cool that's pretty cool so it's just like kind of a it's a constant resource that just going back and forth that just promotes more inspiration and creativity that makes overall you know i believe everybody involved you know it makes their process better you know and it makes their end result better yeah and this is by far the best community to me. And I'm not saying that to gas it up because I'm part of it. You know, I'm not getting nothing out of out, out of praising it the way it is. But you guys, man, we 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 like this is the best community I've ever been a part of, hands down, creatively. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying like in general, just period that I've been a part of, involved in. Like this is the best community I've been in because, like, um, generally ain't nobody on no trash i would say 99.9 percent .9 of the chance but i did see some kind of weird not too long ago but i ain't gonna get too deep into that but it was just like a little little weird instance but that's gone but man like everybody's just like you said when, when, when i think like-minded and, and common goal like when i think of those words in textbook like this is the definite this, like this group is the dictionary definition of that like mm. 
because it, it almost feels unbelievable how supportive everyone is on almost everybody's track. Like, like it, it, it ain't been one time when yeah. we've been in a Zoom session where somebody plays something and people's like, nah, that's whack. Yeah. Not once. It's like the people who feel it will say something and the people who don't feel it just don't say anything more than likely. It, like, I feel like that's the case. Like, if it's something that they ain't really feeling, they're just not going to say anything. It's not yeah. like nobody's openly hated on somebody else's stuff. So I think that's really cool. And and it's like iron sharpens iron. We all in there and we like, we all have fire. We all have something very special and unique that we bring to, to the table based off our uh, our stories, uh, our strengths, our strong points, all of that. And man, that discord is loaded. Mm, yeah. Loaded with treasure, bro. And the thing is, is that it's an ongoing thing. Like you said, like, as we just progress and as the years go by, this is going to be rich with so much resource, man. All between the lessons to us, like you said, exchanging sample packs and acapellas and sharing websites where you can get this information. It's just so much information. And then it expanded past the music. Now you got stuff for cameras and books and documentaries. And uh, like, it's just a, a, a information source that... Yeah. It didn't even he I don't think he even initially thought of it being that way, but just the fact that we jailed so well together and it grew into such a thing. Like I think it's a beautiful thing. And it's like the highlight of my year is being a part of you guys. Like, you know, it's not even a clout based thing. I'm just proud to just know you guys just on an individual level, just being able to just chop it up with you guys and hear your music and be inspired by that and just hopefully just set a date that once all this this craziness passes through maybe we can all go through an a3c and meet up there or yeah. just some sort of junction or some sort of controllerized gathering or something we all just link up and and just get to chill and hang out in person because yeah at this point it just feel like you know we just distant relatives because yeah you know, no for real like really i see like sidechain is like a second family at this point yep yep absolutely i look forward to it it's like church every thursday for me I'd be in the congregation waiting to hear some fire. I don't think I missed one. I came late to one. I remember I came late to one and, and it was like, man, get in here. It ain't the same without you. And I'm like, man, get out of here, y'all. <laughs> but I, I, I feel I feel honored that people feel that way, though, because it's like, I, I think I've been to every million since then. So it's just like, when you kind of get perfect attendance, you do kind of leave a mark there. And when you're not there, it's noticed. Like when Radic was gone for those couple of days, it was like, yeah, man, like, we know what he's doing. He, he, you know, he getting his, he getting his classes and stuff together. But you know, he's missed. You know, mm-hmm. and, and it's just good to to know that your your presence is valued. There you go. Yep. Whether it's for beats or just for for good company, whatever the case may be, man. It's just like, yo, I appreciate y'all. Like y'all, with all the COVID thing and stuff going on, like all of you guys have been very vital in in just helping me maintain being in a, a solid, healthy state of mind, keeping me motivated, uh, uh, just uplifting me when I was going through rough patches of time and just being really cool people. Like, I appreciate every single one of y'all, man. I can't, that's like, that's that's an understatement for real. Mm, for real. Couldn't agree more, really. You know, I think a lot more people would agree with that sentiment too. Yeah, man. Yeah, and I, I ain't the type of person that be all super mushy, but it's like for this case, because it because I'm so serious about it, I don't care. Like I'm gonna say it because mm-hmm. you when you have something that's as good as this, like I learned that from that SoundCloud era. Like when SoundCloud was popping, I it was tight and it was great, but I I you know, as a human, take it for granted, you think it's always gonna be there under those circumstances. Mm-hmm. It's like granted that SoundCloud is still there, but it's not the same. 
So it's like now that I'm here and in this situation before something changes or whatever, like I'm letting y'all know, like, I love you guys, like all of y'all, because we, we don't know what, what ends up happening. I'm not saying that Stolen's going to sell the, the things or something. It's just like, who knows? Like, you don't never know. You never know next year, a whole bunch of knuckleheads come here and like jack everything up. <laughs> so it's kind of, <laughs> you got to make, I, I would think that we will regulate and, and keep it moderate. And, and, and if it's too stupid, drums will just kick them. But yeah. You know, outside of that like but the thing is it can get oversaturated too like to a certain degree like and that's what i think is so special about you know the community that it's just like just at the perfect size Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's not too many people because you know i'm in a number of different other like producer discords and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and you know there's not that type of camaraderie in a sense yeah you know, it's, oh, um, I'll get some, you know, asking a couple of things and asking a couple of questions, but you're never going to fucking talk to the person again. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's not that, <clears throat> especially like with the Zoom sessions that we have, yeah. you know, there's not that type of camaraderie with it. It's more, oh, you know, check out this shit that I made or, you know, on all these other discords, it's kind of just like, it's so impersonal at a certain point. Yeah, you know it's just like all the other shit on the internet you know yeah, there's I'm part of i'm part of a one of them i think i'm part of a, a different producer discord and it feels like self-serving like come in here help yourself get what you need yeah and have a nice day <laughs> like, no, for real. like that, that's really what it feels like i feel like i'm going to a store and it's like hmm, what we what we got going on in this playlist oh okay we got this i could pick this little that's a gym that's a gym that's a gym all right because yeah. then when you come in there and you try to be personal be like hey guys i'm such and such and you feel like a weirdo because then you got some moderator and they're like don't say that this is the wrong room and it's like sorry oh, you know? <laughs> kind of just back up out of there because like some of them people take that job way too serious and, and yeah it's like i'm not here for that bro like i just and then you get all the people that are like the, the internet internet tough guys and shit like that that you know, there's just always kind of like a little bit of shit starting, a shit slinging. Yeah. You know what I mean? In those types of servers, you know, and I don't think I've ever seen anything remotely even close to that in our server. No, no, no. Like I said, it was just one little instance where somebody said something goofy because I and, and I gave them the benefit of the doubt. I think it's just discord etiquette. They didn't have it. They didn't know what they were doing. And they just came yeah. in here. Just They may just as a person, they may be an over opinion opinionized individual and mm-hmm. we just correctly address we cor- well, not correctly we quickly address the situation but i just gave him benefit of the doubt like bro you mm-hmm. just don't come here on that like is is that's not what it's about uh let's just squash this right now you're yeah. still cool but if you keep doing that you're not cool anymore you know yeah but, but yeah like like you were saying uh i think the thing is is like Honestly, this my this being my well, this ain't the first Discord server I was a part of, but the first one I was actively a part of, I was spoiled. So it's just like any any other producer Discord that I become a part of, it has a very 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 high bar that it has to to get over. You know, no, it's, it's not going to be easy. You know, because like I said, I've been part of many a, a communities over the years, and none of them were like this. Mm. And they even like, and those groups weren't even that this big. Yeah, like it'd just be a handful of cats. It'd be like thirty to forty people, and it's just the egos start coming out, or 
you know, it'll be that one person that's just like swear they can do no wrong when it comes to making the beats. And they'd be like, yeah, check my stuff out. Yeah, I know it's fire, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then somebody <laughs> come in there and, and try to give them like some constructive criticism. Like, yo, what you mean, man? Screw you. F your mom. And it just gets, yeah. <laughs> you know, it get, it get crazy. And then that oh, person yeah. becomes infamous. And, and now he's the villain and, and people are making videos about this guy over here. Like, bro, I, I have stories. Oh, yeah three particular chapters but i'm we not even gonna cover that we can talk about that you know off the off the records but oh my gosh like yo when i tell you like these stories it is so stupid bro. it's entertaining but oh man, yeah like it just it just shows you how toxic communities can be when you when it's not moderated or when, when you got a bunch of young bloods that's that's that mentality is is they they're thinking of it in the sense of uh, scarcity as opposed to abundance yeah you know don't be that guy, man. Yeah. It's, an abundance. it's for everybody out here. And, and you got to believe that you're going to have a space that's for you. You might not be the Grammy winning person. You know, you might not be Mr. I'm on a billboard or Miss I'm on a billboard. You might just yeah. be that person who's that dope DJ from around the way in your neighborhood, in your city. That if, if that's going to keep your lights on and you love music, do that. Yeah. You know, but set, set, you know, set, ain't nothing wrong with setting goals for yourself, but at the same time, also be humble because whatever the universe got for you, they can't be taken away from you. Unless no, you for real. I think that's one of the, the, the best things about the discord server the, with sidechain really is that like, there's some heavy hitters. There's some people that have had big records, you know, and the, everybody's still humble. Like I had tech on for the first episode, you know, he's produced for Cooley High, Rhapsody, Mac Miller, you know, all these, you know, big names and, you know, he's a humble dude, yeah. you know, you know, he doesn't, you don't let that shit get to your head, you know, like there's, and there's another, there's a handful of other people that have had, you know, you know, pretty good success with a number of things, you know, a lot of things that, you know, other people have done less and have had a bigger head about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's people with some solid networks in the group, man. You know, mm -hmm. that, 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 like you said, cause, cause I think they're mature enough. They understand that, like how easy it is for it to be taken away, mm -hmm. how easy it is for somebody to be like, I'm not working with you. And that, that, because they're not working with you, like they whole network messes with them. So they're not messing with you either. Like mm -hmm. lights out, you know what I'm yep. saying? And at the end of the day, I'm not about to stick my chest out because if I produce a record for like Kendrick Lamar, like sure, I, to me that's like that'll be a, a a milestone for me, a personal milestone for me. But I'm not about to flex on the next guy because like yeah, well my beat was used by him, so mm -hmm. there. Yeah, 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 you made a like, beat. It was used by a famous rapper. Cool. Next, next. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like I, I, I'm, a, I'm gonna be too focused on what I'm doing next after that. Like yeah. I, I didn't did that with him. Like all right, so what I'm going to do now, you know, not that it's like the end of the world, but it's like, once you set, when you have really high goals set for yourself and you achieve those, I think we all get stuck in that place where it's like, now we're kind of like free falling. It's like, yeah, because now you got to start over again. Now you got to restructure another circuit of milestones. Cause it's like, well, well, I did the show. Like you've been preparing for the show 
all this time you didn't got the set together you got your drops together you got the flyer together you've been promoting the flyer you've been telling people about it like that whole process is an episode and an era within itself then the night of you know what i'm saying making sure that the show goes right and the sound is right the technicians they know when to do this and cue the smoke and all of that stuff mm-hmm. then when the night's over and everything was great you you live with the tent the temporary hive getting the high fives and the pats on the back and everything is amazing but then you go to bed and you wake up the next morning and it's like what do i do I now do it all over again yeah like we got to go back to the drawing board and build a whole nother robot because yep. this first one has served its purpose. It's burnt out. Like mm-hmm. now we gotta build another one. We gotta, and it can't be the same as the last one. Let's let's make it better. Like, mm-hmm. what can we do? Can we change the the you know put some put a jetpack on it or you know? <laughs> you know, I think we, that mostly comes in like I think you see that the most in like athletes to say, yeah. Yeah. you know, because you see that these athletes have like this big professional career. They do well, you know, they retire. And fucking a year after the year or two after they retire, they're just still kicking it and they've gained like 30 pounds. Yeah. And it was just like, you were, you were the, the, you were looked up to, you were the inspiration for men, women, and children as one of the top athletes in the entire world. What are you doing with yourself now? <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you chubby Charles. <laughs> <laughs> you let it rock out, bro. <laughs> what happened what happened yeah and that's the thing like i've at this point like i don't ever want to be the guy that was just like people like like, what happened you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) like what happened like i don't want to like reach that pinnacle and then just be on a constant kind of decline Uh in some way you know like that just seems like a terrible fate to be had the worst one is when you just disappear. Yeah. Well, it depends on what terms that you disappear. If you just, I mean, if you disappear on your own, that's different. But I'm saying, like, yeah. if, if you had a flop album, like a floppy yeah. album, yeah, 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 yeah. bad boy yeah. is like no good. And then, like, the label just shelves you. And this is like all your promo and all your interviews <laughs> have been like, nah. And it's like, you, <laughs> you had, you go to, you shopping at the grocery store, they see you at whatever, Walmart food line whatever you whatever your neighborhood grocery store they see you over there you ain't in your 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 luxury store or getting whatever i'm rambling but anyway they see you and they're like what you doing here (laughs) (laughs) you ain't even riding first class on the plane bro you in the back with the boys just (laughs) out like they're like hey i love i really love your music you sitting there uncomfortable because you been sandwiched on the spirit plane bro like (laughs) Oh man, you know, not not the you know, cause me if if I was to hit that level of of uh, uh like like being known, you know, I think I would still be the guy. I would be the guy that you wouldn't know has got it going on. There you go. Mm. Cause I just don't like a draw. I don't like attracting that kind of attention. Like I just yeah. stay out the way. Let me. I still want my family and my my social relationship to be intact in a way where i feel like it's normal i don't want to have to feel like there is a shield between me and people like i have to have a person to serve as a bulletproof vest because it's some crazy person that knows that i'm here is gonna try to jump on me or shoot me like that's too much man i'm just the guy that's gonna make some dope beats make some dope beats for some people that's gonna spit on it, make some incredible records. Or I'm gonna make some dope beats or dope music that people gonna jam out to. That's gonna be in like these big clubs, or you know, get some music syncing or whatever. Like, 
You know, I'm not even chasing a Grammy because to me, Grammy is not the ultimate award. Yeah, that's not the ultimate award. The ultimate award is, bruh, I was about to jump out the window, but you making that music made me turn my life around. Mm, I, I decided, you know, not to kill myself or you helped me through a breakup or you helped me uh, rekindle my my uh, motor, like my inspiration to keep making music. I was going to give up. I was just about to give up. Like that's that's my award. That's my Grammy is that that saving that person from that last strand from snapping and helping them put it back together. That in the bag, you know what I'm saying? I ain't super focused on the bag, but the bags is nice. I like (laughs) you know, (laughs) you know, so yeah, so man, this this conversation was fire. (laughs) No, for real, for real. I think that's a good place to end it, really. Yeah, man. That was freaking incredible, bro. Uh thank you so much for having me, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having on. I mean, I really enjoyed the convo. I mean Man, all these conversations have been great, dude. Like, I'm loving this. Like, really yeah. being able to host this stuff. Keep doing it, man. I like I said, I I don't mind volunteering to do drops for you because I think that'd be cool. And like, like taking your platform to the point where, um, you could start making like little trailers and stuff for for mm-hmm. IG, where you have cut a highlight out of a conversation and have some of your music playing in the background. Yeah. Or, or the that's what I want to do. That's another reason, like, I thought of like yeah. doing the podcast stuff because there could be like four months down the road i don't have an instagram post for the day mm-hmm. i don't fucking go through the podcast oh this was a cool little fucking clip yep. you know if i can lift that out you know put you know take it into premiere put some writing over it and you know a little bit of uh flavor to it and fucking bam there you go cool. content yep and then because you're getting started i'm pretty sure it's some stuff that you probably you probably looked at that you was like eh, i don't like that or or whatever but mm-hmm. it's just like making beats it's like it it like these are experiments you're still learning you're still and you're in an early phase so i'm just saying to you as, as a form of encouragement like don't think that this is all it is and i and i, I yeah. and part of me think that you already know that but just to reinforce it and just to tell you just from the outside to you it's just like yeah. you know there may be things where it's like okay you wish the format was a certain way it's just like just keep working at it and keep mm-hmm. building on it and as you're having these conversations with people you will start having these ideas popping here and there or it's like you know, you'll watch back through it and be like, man, I need to make these more concise or I want to make this longer. I want to ask specific questions at certain points of the interview and things mm-hmm. like that, you know? And, and, and I mean, I see this going for, like, I'm not a podcast guy, but I was watching the one with complete beats. Cause that was, that was the one that I saw on IG. I started watching that. I was mm-hmm. like, this is really cool. Like, I think it will be dope. Like once you start, cause I don't know, are you familiar with beats, Bruising and life? I've seen a couple of their things, but I haven't really dived too deep into it. Like they they're a good um a a good reference. Like the way that they have their segments laid out, mm. like the way that they do it is super dope. I'm not saying like to take anything from them, but I I'm not a podcast dude. Like take my word from it. I don't listen to podcasts. And I have a podcast. I don't even listen to my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even listen to my own podcast all like that. Like sometimes I do, but I don't. I, I'm just that's just me being real. It's nothing. It's yeah. not that the podcast is bad. I'm just not a podcast listener. When I'm listening to something, it's like music. Nine times mm-hmm. out of ten, I might spend a little bit of time listening to a podcast, and that other half of that little bit of time listening to something educational. But what I'm getting at is like Beast Bruising Life. I make sure that I listen to that. Like Beast Bruising Life, because of that format is so, it's so good. Like, cause mm-hmm. it's true to what they believe in. Cause they're like us, they're creators. They're like the one guy's a chef, the other guy's a beat maker. They have beat makers come up and they ask them questions. Like, how did they get their start? 
uh, they ask like just just questions about them and while they're doing that they're drinking a craft beer so hey. they're incorporating a beer and yeah. like the homie that's the cook he's telling you like what well, well, with this particular beer with these flavors this is what's in it and like I would suggest because I'm a I'm a trained chef, like you would drink this beer with this thing because these flavors complement each other. Mm. And then they go back into talking. But before they do all of that, it's like a 20 minute beat set from a bunch of people that just submit mm. their music. So the 20 minute That's beat dope. set, about a about a 45 minute to an hour interview. And then the guest has a 20 minute beat set at the end and they do a performance. And it's like, it's really cool. Like I just, mm. just certain things like that, yeah. when you start developing a flow, and a a regimen and 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 uh like agenda, it's it's really cool, man. And and the more the merrier, man. I, I, like that's the way I think. Like yeah, no, I've been kind of taking the approach of just trying to like at the beginning anyway, just kind of freeform and see kind of just put the feelers out there, see what kind of works, what doesn't work, and you know how I can kind of like look at you know improving certain aspects of it because i know i want to get into more of the like segmented stuff but i also don't want to like limit the the conversational aspect because i think that the there's so much value in these conversations you know like the whole thing like the whole like if i would have just made it like a 45 minute hour interview we would have never gotten into the whole like life like the real life shit yeah you know what i mean like so there's a give and take on some of this stuff you know because i like to get into that the the raw stuff of it got you yeah because the people need to hear that too they need to mm-hmm. hear the human side of it like the 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 not so pretty side the not so glissy side of it mm-hmm. and, you know the side that's not like oh i'm putting out projects but the part like i didn't know nothing about music i didn't know yeah. nothing about compression i sucked at it i struggled at it bro i've been like I, the greater part of my career musically if you want to call it a career has been like me being trash on the mixing like not like being a complete novice and then yeah. I just by some chance encounters and, and just finding the right keywords to type in I'm I'm understanding and getting to a place where I'm finding my voice as an, a, a beat maker now you know what I'm saying producer mm-hmm. musician composer I'm all of those things so yeah yeah no but I, I appreciate this like this is this is tight bro like no. I appreciate that, man. Well, anything you want to let people know? Socials, couple of projects. I know you just dropped a couple of projects, so you got to put the plugs in, bro. Absolutely. Shameless plug, man. Check <laughs> it out now. Pinstripe Cousin. M's is out now on Bandcamp. Hit me up. It's Pinstripe Cousin, spelled P-I-N-S-T-R-Y-P-E-K-O-U-Z-I-N dot Bandcamp dot com. And if you could just remember that little rap, you know, it'd be easier to spell because I spell it crazy. But yeah, pinstripecousin.com. If you want to help a brother and his family and his cat, keep the lights on. It's $10 for the project. It's a dope project. Um, but if you don't want to pay, that's fine too. If you just want to play and listen to it, vibe out. I'm on Deezer, uh, Spotify, uh, Apple, iTunes, all the streaming sites. You know, whatever you drop it on, on Disco, Disco. Distro kid. I didn't butcher my whole drop. It was sounding great till I got the disco kid. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh it's it's going up. And then I got some Lucy's on, on my SoundCloud, Pinstripe Cousin. Follow me on IG, Pinstripe underscore cousin. So that's P-I-N-S-T-R-Y-P-E underscore K-O-U-Z-I-N. That's on there. Uh my Twitter handle is 
uh, too complicated for me to remember it. So just follow my IG. <laughs> we gonna keep it simple. Follow my IG and my Bandcamp. All right, I appreciate y'all. M's is out now. L's is out. I got some singles on Spotify and all of that good stuff. So that's about it. All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, yeah, catch you next week. Peace out. Peace. Ah.